in a six pack today is december 23rd 2020 i'm joined by walloween aka john john sanders sanders <laughs> yeah i didn't forget your last name i just didn't know if you wanted me to say it yes um i spoke too much last time so i'm here to just listen <laughs> and sort of uh well, you know, if I need to chime in from time to time, then I might. I would hope so, because... To, only to correct you about stuff. <laughs> okay, good. No one ever does that, even though they really should. Fact check false. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, we we had been talking a while ago, like, we sh you wanted to do a movie review podcast, and we decided on, we'll each pick three movies. We landed on one good movie. One horrible movie and one wild card movie. So we're here today to do that. Oh, and uh, the uh, I'm not sure if we had like a, a specific meaning for what wild card means. Like, we does didn't. that mean a movie that's a movie that's mediocre or a movie that's that has great parts and bad parts? Uh, but yeah, I, I guess my interpretation was just a movie that everything about it is stupid, but but it still works and it's it's still like kind of great. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't really decide yeah. what wildcard meant because my interpretation of it is, yeah. is like literally anything. It could be any movie ever. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, it's it's still, it works. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know which should we start. Just deep. We're gonna like break down and deconstruct. I'm sure some of the plots of these movies as we go through. Should we start with like the good movies first? Yeah, I was thinking like the good, the bad, then the wild card, or the bad, <laughs> then the good, and the wild card, or if we were to settle on talking about the good ones last to end it on a high note, but I think, how about the good, then the bad, then the wild card? Okay, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. So, uh, yes. so as far as good, you picked uh, Battlefield Earth as your good movie. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes. Uh, now, yours was The Man Who Would Be King. Yes, The Man Who Would Be King, which is based on a short story by Rudyard Kipling um, and directed by John Huston, the director of The Maltese Falcon and The African Queen, a bunch of other really famous movies. Uh, yeah, this was made in 1975 and stars um, Sean Connery and Michael Caine and uh, Christopher... Uh, why am I blanking on his name? Plummer. Christopher Plummer as as uh, as Rudyard Kipling. 
which is interesting because uh, Rudyard Kipling wrote the story with the framing element of uh, like a character who is recording, uh, speaking to a former soldier, and uh, Rudyard Kipling in real life published it at the age of like uh, 21. And uh, so the movie frames it as it's Rudyard Kipling. That's that's sort of uh, in the framing narrative, which would mean that um, Christopher Plummer at the age of the mid forties is playing a like a nineteen to twenty one year old Rudyard Kipling. Which I thought that was just <laughs> really interesting. Even, it, even like it even does more to like place it in the historical context. Because in the at the very beginning of the movie, you see him writing something, and I paused it to see what he was writing, and I looked up uh, the you know the words of it. It was a poem. It was the uh, I think it was called the Ballad of Bodathone, and he wrote that when he was like in his or it was published when he was in his early twenties. So he's like writing it for the first time in the movie when he weird. Okay. It, it could be that this is like an alternate universe version where he's doing all this stuff when he's middle aged instead of in his early twenties, or it could be that you know forty year old Christopher Plummer is playing twenty year old Rudyard Kipling. So I just thought that was an interesting like that is weird. You know the the like I would I would not like replace Christopher Plummer as Rudyard Kipling with anybody because I thought he did a really great job. But it, it was just, you know, it's not necessarily like a huge flaw in the movie. It's just I think it's interesting to uh, discuss. Yeah, so I we both pulled a couple clips from the man who would be king. And I was surprised I hadn't ever not only seen it, but I hadn't even heard of this movie until you had me watch it. And it was it was yes. really good. Uh, yeah, I, I had not. Yeah, I had not previously asked you what you thought of the movie beforehand, but my experience was that uh, I, I, hadn't, I hadn't seen the movie before this summer. My first exposure to it was, uh, it was, IMDB had a list of, and I don't know if this is like verified or anything, but I think it, it seems to be true, of uh, Christopher Nolan's favorite, like 10 favorite movies. And at the, t at the time, like uh, many years ago, like Christopher Nolan is was the filmmaker that really got me into the idea of watching movies for the director, not for you know, just the subject matter. Right. And, uh, like, you know, my, my thoughts on Christopher, like, uh, I, I can't watch most of his movies anymore because they're too, like, quippy and, and, like, fast, like, quick cut, like, the average shot is less than a second. And, uh... <laughs> well, is that true? Like... The average shot? Yeah, like, it, like, look at the average shot length for Batman Begins. And I know it's because of, mostly because of those, like, the, the fight scenes that are, like, incomprehensible. Right, uh, but also just any any random shot in that movie is like extremely short. Uh, but so so I mean yeah, my my thoughts on like because I it's partially because I'm older and partially because I've I've just seen so many movies now. But I've seen I've seen like all the movies that inspired Christopher Nolan now, and I and I think like I enjoy most of them more than his movies, you know, uh, which isn't surprising. But anyway, I I, I have you seen his new the, one, Tenet? No, that's the only one I haven't seen. Yeah, I haven't seen it. And either. I just, yeah, because it's the first time I wasn't, like, excited for a Christopher Nolan movie. He lost because, me you know, with, it's uh, just... he lost me with, um, oh, God, Inception. That one was oh, like, yeah. everybody that loved movie, that movie, and I was like, eh. I was okay with the movie when it came out. Like, I wasn't a huge fan. I liked, I, there was, you know, there were things about it that I loved. Uh, I mean, people. Some people uh, credit that movie with like destroying, like you know, starting the blah, like uh, that movie trailer thing, and and yeah. they put it into a lot of movies. But the thing is, like, you can't really dock 
Inception just for that because they they actually made it part of the. Uh, it, it actually made sense in the movie because they were when when it, the movie does that stuff. It's, uh, I mean, this was Hans Zimmer, the composer. He I mean, was maybe responsible for this decision, but it's like, it's like the music in the in the movie. I think it was Edith Piaf's uh, "Non Je Regrette Non." I don't know. It's like French or something. Uh, but it's like it's that music slowed down. It's not just blah just to get your excitement up. It actually makes sense in the uh, context of the film. Yeah. But yeah, so. So, you Is know, all these other movies. Pizza? No, it must have been one of them in the dream. Okay, I'm going in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, the, but yeah, that's the thing that makes the movie difficult to watch is all the, all the, uh, um... A dream see, within the... a dream inside of a pizza hut that's inside of a Taco Bell inside of a strip mall that's inside of your dream. Like, half the movie is explaining its own rules. Yeah. And, that it's, it's, and, and with, with characters, that it's, it's hard to like these characters because every, like, in, in the th problem with the dialogue in Christopher Nolan's movies is, all, is they're always trying to, like, they're doing quips and they're trying to one-up each other all the time. And there's no, there's no, like, natural-sounding conversations, almost. Yeah, I, I think I counted the last time I watched The Dark Knight, uh, how many times, oh, what was the line? Now I'm losing it. Oh God! There's a line that gets screamed by like four different characters four different times in the Dark Knight. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Oh, it's "Look at me." I'm not sure. Look at me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Look Batman screams it. Yeah, that. Yeah, and that. Then the, Two Face the, the screams it. The sound in that movie. Yeah, <laughs> then, the sound uh, in that movie wasn't equalized. So Gary Oldman screams it. It was so crazy. Yeah, and that 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 part where Two Face screams "Look at me" yeah. that always like made me jump because the sound isn't equalized in that movie. They, it makes it so it's like it's extremely quiet, and then. No, 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 he doesn't say look at me. He says, say it. When say he, it. That's what it is. It's is say, it. It. Yeah. say it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I, you know, I sort of owe a debt to Christopher Nolan for, for uh, um, getting me into, into movies. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, not, no longer really one of my favorites, except I will say the prestige has aged That's a classic. well, I think. Mm -hmm. The prestige is amazing. Uh, like that, that, that's the one that, and maybe Memento, although Memento is like the cliche answer, like, you know, the film school student answer of like, what's your favorite movie? Uh, you know, uh, Memento, Reservoir Dogs. Uh, um, yeah, I was about to bring Boondock up Reservoir Saints. Dogs for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the Boondock Saints, of course, which I still have not seen. Uh, I just right. know it has that, uh, that Willem Dafoe, there was a firefight. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, so the man who would be king. It's yeah. basically the same plot uh, as that. The Road to El Dorado. What, yeah, that, the cartoon is that what it was called? The Road yeah. to El Dorado. Except, yeah, the man who would be king takes place. It's it's uh, British soldiers who are, who are are retired, but they're still in in uh, India where they were stationed, and they're they're sort of living as con men, and they're they they hatch a, a scheme to go to Kafiristan, which is like a sort of an uncharted part of Afghanistan, of modern day Afghanistan, I think. Is it um, near Kekistan? Uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe, you know, uh, unfortunately there's no like, you know, frogs in the movie, but yeah. we'll get there. We'll get the frogs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they hatch a scheme to, to bring guns into Kafiristan and uh and train some locals and then and then sort of sort of build up an army and become the rulers of kafiristan and and yeah oh man i have i wish i made notes so i could uh see which 
which uh, clips I have. I can find my clips. Well, you got soldiering. Um, that's the first one. Okay, so th yeah, that's the one where they're they're teaching. Uh, they they um, they're teaching Kafiristani's how to soldier. Uh, can you play that one? We're going to teach you soldiering, the world's noblest profession. <laughs> when we've done with you, you'll be able to stand up and slaughter your enemies like civilized men. <laughs> it's a good line. There's yeah, a lot of good lines there's in this movie. A, there's uh, Sean Connery. Uh, this is after, uh, I, I wish I brought up, uh, th when they first arrived there, they meet uh, Billy Fish, and he's one of my favorite uh, characters in the movie. The actor who plays him is really great. He's like, he's uh, a... Um, Let's see, a Gurkha. He's like uh, an indigenous uh, sort of uh, soldier who's trained, who's who works for the the British. Uh, I think um, he's the tra he's the guy yeah. that uses the translator, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And and then they go into the city and they meet um, uh, the head man. Um, what was his name? Anyway, they meet the headman. He's another. He's the the leader of that village, and he's another like just really great character actor. And all of his all of his like reactions and delivery. Like he he doesn't speak English, but uh, but you just it, it's just really you know entertaining watching him. Uh, he like uh, they they so they're sort of uh, Sean Carnery and Michael Caine, uh, Daniel Carnahan and Peachy Carnahan. I'm dead. Sorry, Daniel Dravitt and Peachy Carnahan. The characters are are telling him that they're gonna they're gonna uh, sort of prop him up and and uh, make him ruler. They're sort of tricking him, and and they, they say he'll be uh, uh, Utah. His name is Utah. Utah the Great, and he and he he prefers Utah the Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. I think I may have had two clips from when they're being trained. Um, yeah, it's just hard to remember which, which. Uh, Would it be this one? Which folder one, I put in? Two, three. Yes. One, two, three. Oh, yes. Billy, tell him to say it with the others. With the others. One, two, three. Right. Now ready, steady, go. One, two, three. No, you don't say it before the others. He said it before the others, Billy. Not before the others, not after the others. With the bloody others. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's uh, Peachy Carnahan getting getting uh, angry. Uh, you know, it, it's just it's just funny. Uh, one of the weird uh, criticisms that if you look at like the, like the reviews they have listed on Rotten Tomatoes, a lot of the critics seem to not like uh, Michael Caine's performance in the movie, and I don't understand because like he's I think he's really good. Yeah. You know what's weird is it took me until he said his first line in the movie. I was looking at Michael Caine, and I didn't even it didn't even click in my brain that that was Michael Caine because I'd never seen him so young. Yes. And then once he started talking, I was like, "Oh God, that's Michael Caine!" Yeah, it, and <laughs> I will say Michael Caine's performance is great, except for there's a couple scenes where he's conveying a bunch of emotion vocally, but his face is deadpan and doesn't change. Mm -hmm. Does that yeah, make sense? I'd say like, yeah, one of the like, there's there's a couple of parts where I'd say they could have done a better take, uh, especially late in the movie. Um, one thing we did not uh, cover was that uh, both Daniel Dravitt and Peachy Carnahan, the two protagonists, are uh, they are uh, Freemasons, and Roger Killing oh, is also portrayed here I as have a Freemason. The, uh, I did pull that clip. They happen to be Freemasons, like myself. Freemasons. 
Those chaps, I should think you'd strike them off your roll. Oh, once a mason, always a mason. If I could understand how perfectly pucker chaps, like yourself, can go about on public occasions wearing aprons and sashes and shaking hands with total strangers. Just what is masonry, Kipling? Oh, it's an ancient order dedicated to the brotherhood of man under the all-seeing eye of God. Right. We should have done well to have left that sort of thing behind us in England, my friend. Could never work here. Oh, there are tales that it did work here before we ever came. Some audacious scholars can even trace it back to the builders of Solomon's Temple. Old wives' tales, I suspect. Yes, in all um, likelihood, sir. Well, let's have a look at your large brothers. Your large brothers. Yes. Yeah, and uh, so uh, in, in the sort of mythology of this movie, uh, Freemasonry is brought to uh, Kafiristan by um, Alexander the Great. And, uh, which is interesting because uh, I think your favorite your favorite movie is JFK, right? Which was Oliver Stone, and and uh, I was yeah. watching Ale Alexander, and he did an Alexander movie, which I've only seen the first half of. I have a Blu-ray of it, and I just never got around to it. Like it's two. Discs. Oliver Stone did it. Yeah, Oliver Stone did Alexander with Colin Farrell. Huh. And yeah, I never. Was, I didn't even was, know about this. Yeah, it was a big flop. Uh, it was like a huge, like big budget. Epic, you know, like Gladiator came out, and then a few, you know, big budget sort of sword yeah. and sandal epics came. They made Alexander the Great, and by uh, Oliver Stone did that, and they did like two different recuts of it because it was it was a flop, and uh, and uh, yeah, uh, that 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 movie shows uh, Alexander the Great in Kafiristan and, and sort and uh, him marrying Roxanne, and this is all sort of mentioned in. Uh, you don't have to put on the red light, Roxanne. Yeah. Yeah, this is all mentioned in uh, the man who would be king. Yeah, I, I don't want to spend too much time on this because, like, I think it's it's like I it's to, uh, I recommend the movie. Anyway, the uh, Daniel Dravit is is uh, shot uh, by an arrow during a battle, and and it goes through his bandolier, and everyone thinks that you know he's you know he he pulls the arrow out, and there's no blood. Everyone thinks he's a god, but it was just uh, a coincidence. And, uh, and so they use that, uh, as leverage to sort of, uh, gain control over Kafiristan and, and then, um, there's a oh. bit of, oh, I, I have a, a clip about them coming up with a plan. Uh, it's, I think it, I blasphemy. sacrilegious. Yeah, blasphemy. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, real quick also, cause we talked about this right before we started recording, but I don't think we mentioned it once we started recording, there will be spoilers, heavy spoilers for all six movies we're talking about today. So if you haven't seen them and you want to, like, we're, we're here to review the movies and spoil the movies. So um, maybe try, if there's any of these movies you hear, start talking about it, maybe stop listening and watch it before you hear the deconstruction of it. Or if you don't mind spoilers, keep listening. Yeah. But we're going to spoil the shit out of these movies, so. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, was, <laughs> I was spoiled on this movie uh, before I saw it, and I still really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like it's one of my favorites. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. Here's that clip. Now, we're here to conquer this country, aren't we? Right. Well, with you as a god, it would take half the time and half the trouble. The idea is a bit blasphemous like. No, Danny. Blaspheming is when you take his name in vain. God Almighty's. Blasphemy is when you take his name. Yes. 
Yeah, so uh, Daniel Dravitt's power sort of goes to his head. It sort of draws a rift between uh, the two protagonists. Uh, Dravitt decides he wants to take a wife, uh, but um, there's sort of a, uh, a tradition there that uh, where they believe that if a god, uh, you know, uh, makes love to a woman, she'll 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 burst into smoke, and it's sort of a it's 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 a sacrilegious thought of a uh, for a god to to marry a human. But uh, yes, uh, Dravit wants to sort of lay down roots in uh, Kafiristan and and stay there, where the original plan was to to basically just take as much wealth as they can and and go back to England as rich men. But Dravit decides he'd rather stay there and be a god. And this is this sort of uh, conflict is very similar to what you see in um, the Road to El Dorado. Um, there's something very right. similar going on there, except except it's different because the one who wanted to stay in the Road to El Dorado was the one who was sort of being the uh, uh, the selfless one, like like because he, he was like actually right. growing to like like the people there. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, are they are both those movies based on the same short story? No, I think there were other movies that, um, other movies from like the, I think this sort of story in general might, you know, go back to, uh, the, the original short story, but, uh, there were other movies that I think where it had a similar premise of, uh, people going into, uh, a South America and, and being mistaken for gods. Yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, we know in certain instances, didn't that happen? Wasn't that uh, when what's his name discovered Hawaii, Captain Cook or whatever? James, was it James Cook? Yeah, I saw. I just saw um, the Bounty, which was sort of a remake of Mutiny on the Bounty, which was remade like two times. The original one was like from the '40s or something, and then they made one with with Marlon Brando, and then they um, in the '80s <laughs> they made one with with uh, Mel Gibson and, and uh, um, Anthony Hopkins. Right, yeah. I've seen the, I've <laughs> yeah. seen the first and third one. I, I recently saw The Bounty, which is the the third, the, the 80s one with uh, Mel Gibson and Anthony Hopkins. It is not about um, paper towels. Um, the Bounty. <laughs> yeah, but they Hey-o. do. They, they do talk about how uh, um, James Cook was seen as, as a god and, and the, the villagers are... are um, They've heard rumors that James Cook was killed in, in was it, he was killed in Hawaii, right? Or was it? Yeah, I think it was they discovered Hawaii and they thought they were gods and then they, like, Cook abused his power. He ended up getting shot or stabbed or something. Yeah. I saw a drunk history about yeah. it, so I, I know the whole story. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I do have yeah. a, a, a clip speaking of the, the god part of when, they, when they're kind of introducing the idea that they might be gods to the uh the what, what do they call it the dark side of the earth or the dark lands of the earth something kind of racist <laughs> uh oh yeah yeah this was good he wants to know where do you come from tell him we tumbled from the skies minazlu asman he wants to know are you gods not gods Englishman, which is the next best thing. It's the next best thing. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of out of sequence because that that scene was actually before they came up with a plan to become like at this point they were still set on uh, becoming kings and right. they didn't really get the idea. It didn't really solidify uh, for them to to portray themselves as gods until after until after basically they already believe them to be gods. 
Right. Yeah, yeah, because um, they, they even, they, like, right in that clip you hear them, they, like, think they're gods, and then they yeah. they say, no, no, we're not gods. <laughs> okay, I see. I only did, I only took out three clips for The Man Who Would Be King, and we already played them. Anyway, um, so uh, Daniel Dravitt sets up a, a, a wedding, and uh, Peachy is about to leave, but then but then Dravitt, they sort of, uh, they, they sort of come to uh, an... They they sort of settle their differences a bit, and and uh, Peachy decides to at least stay for the wedding before going going back with some of the treasure to England. Um, and then at the wedding, Roxanne and Roxanne is actually played by um, Shakira Kane, who was Michael Kane's wife and still is apparently. Um, and uh, she is it appears uh, in the movie version in the in the short story, uh, she's actually like. Uh, she's so scared of marrying a god that she sort of goes crazy and bites him. In the movie, it looks more like she may have been drugged, like like the the priests may have drugged her so that she she attacks Daniel Dravitt, and then it's revealed that he's not a god. That that's sort of the way it comes off in the movie. And uh, and so after that, uh, yeah, it's decided. Well, he's not. He's you know, uh, they see him bleeding. They decide. Uh, He's he's not a god. He's not a devil. He's he's just a man, and 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 the, so every all you know all of them who believed who believed he was a god, they all get angry, you know, because they were betrayed. And then and then uh, Daniel Dravitt, Peachy Carnahan, and uh, um, Billy Fish, and all the people they trained with guns, they they're all like they're all trying to escape, and they're all like mowing down like rows of of yeah. uh, the uh, priests who are who are you know trying uh, attacking them. Yeah, the, the, it's and, like a, uh, it was like a. Uh... It was like a firing squad, but on on tour, yeah. it was like it was like they'd run, they'd shoot a line of them, yeah. and then they'd all have like the yeah. next line shoot they'd while retreat. they reload. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, and yeah, Peachy tells, uh, or was it, it was either Daniel or Peachy tells Billy Fish to get on a horse and just and you know save himself, and then Billy, who's who's still you know he Billy Fish is a character who's like he's just very enthusiastic about you know working for the British. Uh, He's like, you know, I'm I'm not a ca- I'm I'm a foot soldier. I'm not a cavalryman. Then he he charges with a sword into the crowd and and immediately gets killed. <laughs> I I forgot to pull the clip of when uh, Sean Connery's on the bridge, and he's singing that uh, Michael Caine singing that oh, song. Oh yeah, I should have. I yeah, I should have pulled that because I didn't know how how long of clips uh, we should have gotten. But uh, uh, Sargon of a Cat has a uh, a channel. He doesn't talk about much, but he's on a channel called uh, Greenwood. Is, I think that actually this, the channel is called Scott Mannion. I guess that's, uh, but Sargon is on his podcast and and they um, they post clips and one of the clips they post and this was after I, I had already seen uh, the man who would be king. It was like at the height of my sort of obsession obsession with this movie. One of the clips they posted was of that scene of of uh, Michael Caine and Sean Connery singing singing at the bridge. Yeah, it's a really like powerful scene actually. Yeah, it is. You know th- these these uh, um, you know they were. They were friends. They fell out, and and uh, and uh, Daniel Dravitt apologizes to Peachy. Peachy accepts his apology. Well, they both know they're going to die, but they're sort of you know if we're going to die, we're going to you know make good with each other. And then and then uh, Sean Connery's marched out to the bridge. Uh, and one thing I was confused by is that he's still wearing the crown, which was left by um, Alexander the Great. Like it was like passed down the generations from Alexander the Great. I was thinking the only reason they would let him keep the crown is if like it's been soiled by being on a human head 
You know, like like oh, like right. it's it's sort of like yeah, like that's coming. it. It's not it's not explained in the movie. Like, cause you'd think, why wouldn't they get the crown back from him? But I but I guess yeah, the only there's you know I guess two possible explanations. Either either they they now they no longer believe in the in the whole uh, you know uh, Alexander the Great's um, Alexander the Great would be reincarnated and come back to Kafiristan, or they just think that that. Um, the crown is useless now that it's been on a human head. Uh, anyway, uh, or they, they're just they like the... not that worried about the. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or they're just be. like they'd anyway. rather see him die than like worry about the crown. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't make much yeah, sense. Yeah, but they, but they, they, they later allow Peachy Carnahan to take the crown back to uh, to India. Yeah, I was kind anyway, of skeptical uh, they... of, of the idea at the end when they like supposedly. What did they say? He fell for thirty straight minutes down that. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, Ravine. I think I, I think <laughs> like, that that was that was just because uh, Peachy Carnahan had gone insane and he kept referring to himself in the third person. Right. And so he, he's he tumbled he tumbled, like he he, he tumbled he he says exactly like how 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 far he fell, but he says for it took him thirty minutes before he hit the ground. And I thought, well, that's clearly impossible because because then Peachy would have to after being crucified on a cross which is what you know what happens to him later not on a cross but on a tree uh he'd have to go down uh, a ravine that would take 30 a 30 minute fall to go down and and so i think that was that was just you know embellishment of the story insane. yeah yeah because yeah, oh, yeah. he, he'd gone crazy he'd gone crazy from the experience of being crucified for a day and baking in the sun i think if you fell for i think you if you fell for 30 minutes by that point you would be on the other side of the earth or maybe even further well you'd hit terminal velocity so uh at some point so uh i like, don't know if you jumped out of uh like earth orbit like right below where you're like there's zero gravity like right below that i think you could hit the ground if you jumped out of a the highest airplane in less than 30 minutes yeah anyway the um the song they sing is uh, the the son of God goes forth to war. It's a it's a hymn. It's a really the lyrics to it are really weird. Like it's not like a church hymn. It's like a battle hymn. The, but the guy who wrote that hymn actually wrote um, church hymns, like really famous ones that you'd recognize. Uh, but the the lyrics to it are like they sound like they were written by a crazy person, which a lot of hymns sound like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to be honestly, fair. Honestly. Uh, yeah. Um, I might be able to. I might be able to just pull this. Uh, yeah, I think I can probably just pull this clip off of YouTube, see if it works, maybe. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe not. Sorry. <laughs> False alarm. Anyway, I, well, I, I, so can play, they, they, I can play the song itself, but not the scene, maybe. Well, uh, Red banners, dreams afar, who follows in his train? A glorious band, a chosen few on whom the spirit. Is that Sean It sounds like it, but it doesn't sound like it's from the movie. Yeah, it's like the soundtrack to the movie. Says. Okay, yeah. You get the idea. Yeah. So uh, they they uh, the bridge that he's on is one that was constructed uh, at the order of uh, Daniel Dravet, 
and so they decide to you know they they cut it it's now like you know they don't want it anymore it's 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 a blast anything that that he's associated with is now blasphemous they cut the bridge while he's standing on it and he falls and then as um in the framing device it's peachy carnahan who after a, a year after this event has has you know trudged back to india to speak to Rudyard kipling and he's describing it at, to him you know saying uh you know, he round and round, he fell, he tumbled 30, it took him 30 minutes to hit the ground. And, and, <laughs> uh, and, uh, the, what I love about this, this scene is, I mean, the, oh yeah, the part where the scene transitions and it's, 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 uh, Michael Caine's singing and, and the, his voice sort of trails off and it's, it's both funny and like really sad at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the way, the way the scene is done. Uh, but yeah, uh, Peachy Carnahan is, is describing the death of Daniel Dravitt and it cuts back to, to uh, Rudyard Kipling's face as he's listening to this this tragic tale and and he has this shocked expression and it's just really like this this blank sort of shocked expression uh, and and uh, and then it's revealed uh, so so uh, he describes how uh, Peachy Carnahan describes how he's been he after that he was crucified and he survived for a day and they uh, they were all so surprised that he survived that they just decided to let him go and then uh it can be a f so um he describes coming back like um he he was going across the mountains the the rocks uh, uh were falling on him but but uh but daniel dravitt led him on his way and daniel dravitt uh ne never let go of peachy's hand and peachy never let go of daniel's head and and uh <laughs> cuts back to uh Rudyard Kipling's face like and and uh <laughs> yeah Peachy produces this bag and 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 pulls something out and then and put sets it on the table and leaves and then uh and then Rudyard Kipling gets up and, and opens up the bag and it's it's uh it's Daniel Dravitz uh decomposing head with the crown still on it yep and and this is like really weird because the movie up until this point has been like a comedic adventure movie, and then this happens and and, and you know some of the context the the story was originally uh, published in like a a horror short story anthology magazine. Hmm, it was I didn't a know publication that. Of, of that kind. It was it was a you know it was published as a horror story, and the, 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 this movie did um, add in a lot of the humor. There is some. Uh, difference in the sort of theme of the movie because uh, uh, the movie has more of a, a sort of um, s a satirical take on the subject like it's making fun of the concept of uh, British imperialism mm -hmm. uh, the story was more about and this this theme is present in the movie the story was more about the, the idea of uh, the importance of people sort of breaking away from structures enough to like achieve something great while also uh, but with the importance of, you know, respecting the rules and rules and traditions, because, you know, they like, you know, Daniel and Pichi achieved great things when they went to Kaviristan, but, uh, because they didn't respect the, the laws of that place, you know, that it led to their downfall. And that's sort of the theme of the, the short story. The movie does take more of a satirical approach, but it, you still get what you get from the short story out of the movie. Another change is that in the movie, the people of Kafiristan were were uh, they were described as being white because they were the descendants of Alexander the Great and his army, and I think in the they wanted to make it more like somewhat more realistic in the geographical setting by making them Middle Eastern. 
and so it, it's a change that doesn't really it doesn't change the theme of the story uh as far as i know but but yeah uh this is one of my favorite one of my favorite movies and and i just it never so I, gets old for me before we wrap it up um oh actually i do have one more clip i never got to of it uh yes this is this is from like the beginning this is right after where the freemason clip left off where they're uh they bring them in and they say they could charge them for all these crimes i have your records before yeah. me there's everything in them from smuggling to swindling to receiving stolen goods to barefaced blackmail sir i resent the accusation of blackmail it is blackmail to obtain money by threats of publishing information in a newspaper but what blackmail is there in accepting a small retainer for keeping it out of a newspaper and how did you propose to keep it out? By telling the editor what I know about his sister and a certain government <laughs> official in these parts. Let him put that in his paper if he has need of news. I really, I really yeah. liked that. Um, yeah, and, okay, then so, the, and then the guy has to, yeah, yep. he has to sort of speak with Rudyard Kipling. There's no reason to, to put this in the newspaper, correct? And then, <laughs> say, oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I... I don't know what what would you in summary uh what do we what do we rate in these on scale of one to ten? Oh, uh well for me you know it's it's hard to say like because uh, movie ratings to me like i feel like movie ratings need to have like an objective rating and a subjective rating so like subjectively this is like a 10 out of 10 for me objectively it's like 8.5 i don't know yeah, I was gonna say seven point five for me. I, I enjoyed it. I watched it twice. I'll probably watch it again, mm -hmm. like later on. Uh, definitely a good movie. Um, yeah, and like, uh, there's not that many movies from this era that are as good as this either. That's kind of how I feel about oh, yeah. Capricorn One and It's a Mad Mad World. Like, yeah. there's only a handful of movies from this era that you can still watch and they hold up. Oh yeah, and it doesn't feel like a, like a '70s movie. It's not dated. Like it, it it's because it's made by a director who did movies from the '40s, which were much more like sort of stodgy and and uh, and you know they were made under the sort of uh, strict uh, uh, guidelines of what you can show in movies. And then and then he does a 1975 movie. And it's a bit more free and and uh, you know, but he doesn't he doesn't overdo stuff. He and and uh, it's it's just it's just a really polished production, but with enough like. Uh, sort of character to it that it, it just stands the test of time in my opinion right well um for my good movie i picked idiocracy because it's just it's a cli it's a cliche to say it at this point but man every year that goes by we're closer and closer to that movie becoming true so uh oh yeah it's and it's yeah, just and movies, uh... it's incredible yeah yeah, and the movie's definitely, like, people are referencing it a lot more now. Because, uh, yeah, when it originally came out, it was, like, uh, it was sort of, it wasn't uh, put in very many theaters, was it? And it was, like, much like Office Space, which is also by Mike Judge, the creator of King of the Hill. Uh, it was it was a big flop because the studios sort of, they let him make it, but then they didn't advertise it. Yeah, and the and budget, really you can tell from it. a lot of the special effects, the budget was shit. Yeah, yeah. And that's uh, sort of, like... That's sort of one of my. It's not a fair. It's not a fair criticism, but it is one of the things uh, that it's sort of a knock against the movie that it has all these, uh, you know, all these compositing shots and digital effects that that uh, are terrible. That kind yeah. of dis distract. That kind of dis actually distract from the comp. Like you know how 
comedy, like having high quality production values doesn't necessarily make things funnier and like having having uh sometimes um, if it's really bad it can make it funnier but this is this yeah. movie's not a case of that because it was I mean, unintentionally well, bad yeah you know what the thing about comedy is it has to actually it has to be either real like really bad intentionally or really good intentionally like 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 uh like you know how when when something parodies something but it does it it actually does the thing in an unironic way better than the thing it's parodying, but then right. it, it still it, it pulls it into a joke by the end, like yeah. that kind of thing. The, the uh, last or it could third be of the so movie. Bad that it, okay, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it's just you can't go for like like idiocracy. Some some parts of it feel like too much of a, a middle ground for me, where where you know it, it need it needed to be more one way or the other. I do lo I do love this movie, however, like I yeah. Yeah, and it's a short movie, just like Office Space. It's like eighty minutes, maybe. Like an hour yeah. and twenty. Uh, Although personally, I, I feel I feel this one. I, I feel more length from like Office Space for me is just it's just really tight and none none of the scenes drag on. Uh, there are a couple of jokes in Idiocracy that are good jokes, but still like sort of uh, delay the momentum of the movie, in my opinion. Yeah, I think all the stuff with Rita, the prostitute, um, her stuff about like pimping out to like that. Like there's just a couple things that yeah, in that, that like, and a couple other things they're like this really was kind of a waste of time in yeah, an eighty the, minute the part, movie. Yeah, like the part where um, the the military scientist is, is giving his presentation. It's a funny scene. Like the joke works and it does set up for like why the why the pods are kept uh, you yeah. know in stasis for for too long. But that that scene does Upgrade. like feel like it 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 feel like you want to get to the the plot you know right yeah um but yeah as going back to the special effects like you really like it's not super noticeable overall until the end of the movie when uh <laughs> when you have beef the uh, beef supreme like what is it rehabilitation and like all that like yeah beef supreme yeah. shooting the grenade launcher and like those it, it's like that's when you're like wow the budget on this is just yeah. gone like <laughs> yeah maybe we should like go back to the beginning of the movie because i think that uh, this the main character does have a lot of a lot in common with the main character of office space he's sort of the average guy he's very un he's not self-motivated he's very like uh chill uh you know sort of external factors have to set him into motion yeah i did uh, uh just to set it up i did pull the intro i pulled a lot of clips from idiocracy but most of them are real yeah. short but I did pull the intro of the movie. I guess we should have started with this. As the 21st century began, human evolution was at a turning point. Natural selection, the process by which the strongest, the smartest, the fastest reproduced in greater numbers than the rest, a process which had once favored the noblest traits of man now began to favor different traits. Most science fiction of the day predicted a future that was more civilized and more intelligent. But as time went on, things seemed to be heading in the opposite direction, a dumbing down. How did this happen? Evolution does not necessarily reward intelligence. With no natural predators to thin the herd, it began to simply reward those who reproduced the most and left the intelligent to become an endangered species. So, I, I have a couple more clips from that narr narrator later on because I do you know who that oh, yeah. is? I didn't look it up, but I've really liked. I him. did look. 
I did look him up. I like this is one of I guess one of the way one of the places we diverge in our, our, our opinions because like yeah I, I thought the narration felt like it felt too like of its time like you know March of the Penguins came out the year previous and then so many was that Morgan Freeman sort of, did that yeah so many comedies wanted to like parody the that sort of you know that stodgy like Morgan Freeman style uh, uh, narration and so well, that like, sounded like white Morgan Freeman. Like, yeah, this guy. This wasn't Morgan. This wasn't Morgan Freeman. This I, I I looked it up earlier, but I I closed the tab. I don't know. I just like I just wish I could talk like that. I guess is the why I liked it. Yeah. All wish right. Yeah. In a world. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, um. In a world. You were talking about Joe. I mean, literally in like you like you said in Office Space, the main the protagonist is the like a real regular average joe but in idiocracy yeah. he's literally the most average person in the united states military because that's who they were looking yeah. for and his name is joe so it's yeah. very on oh, the yeah. nose oh you know i did not realize that um so that's good one of the things one of the weird one of the weird spots where i was kind of hung up was like was where the military scientist was having trouble finding. He says, uh, "So Joe is the is the the most average person ever, basically. At least that was available in the military." So, um, so, uh, but he says it was difficult to find. Do the same for women, where you know, you know the whole thing. Ever people say. Um, uh, women are more are, are uh, women are more average have have like a um a, you know a larger average of of uh, like mental uh, yeah yeah it's like men, it's men like men are variety. either really smart or really dumb and women yeah. are like more average as a whole IQ wise yeah so That's I just the thought so I just thought that was yeah so I just thought that was kind of weird or it could just be that the scientists just really wanted to get involved in like the prostitution scene I think that was part of it the military guy wanted to get it like meet some hoes and then also i think uh and you want to get those gold grills but then also yeah. i think that there's probably just way less women in the military to choose from yeah yeah i think you're right uh but i do have the the iso of uh when joe gets because he had a job just basically not doing jack shit and then they made yeah. up they make him go to this uh hibernation chamber experiment and i have the iso shouldn't i train this guy I think he can figure out how to sit on his ass and watch TV all day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then they, uh, I got this ISO too. They, the scientist that gets involved with upgrading the prostitution ring when they're hooking him up to the hibernation chambers. Uh, classic. Okay, my niggas, we're almost set here. That's going to be my new clip. Yeah. I, that's going to be my new clip I play when, uh, right before the show starts and we're about ready. Okay, yeah. my niggas, we're almost set here. Yep. Oh, and I do have another yeah. one in case uh, something goes wrong on the show, like what happened earlier with the, the sound messing up for a second. We seem to be experimenting some technological differences. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so many good clips that work yeah, that also, I'm going to use later also, on in the show. Yeah, that's also whenever we disagree on something in, in this movie. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, every time we oh, disagree. Yeah, another thing we... we experimenting some <laughs> technological differences okay <laughs> yeah uh yeah one of the things we glossed over was the the um in the opening where they were showing how the how the future came about and it's it's that smart people don't reproduce and then dumb people reproduce too much and it's like it's 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 uh convincing kind of 
Yeah, no, I, th- I think of, that makes sense. But but the you know, and I do like the the scene, but um, I think they kind of. Uh, they messed up slightly by by making it so that the the man has like has uh um what is it he he um they're infertile the couple is infertile basically which is kind of it feels like sort of non sequitur from from them being high IQ maybe it's not you know but yeah it it, it did feel like it sort of uh, well they're they're I think it's because they waited the so late into life that's yeah, what could... part of why they were infertile because like they didn't. Mm-hmm. They did. They they were smart enough not yeah. to like get they pregnant just, when they were young. Is what it was, I think. Yeah, but they do imply that it was the man who was having the the trouble, where men are men are fertile for longer than than women. Yeah. I like women with big giant tits and big asses. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Uh. I. I when they I I did like this clip because it's well I'll just play it. It's when they're going into um about to they were hooking up like the ivs for the one year of hibernation man how do you know this shit's safe these guys they know what they're doing don't worry they've tested it on dogs and everything <laughs> uh you know what hasn't been t- had any animal testing at all all of the uh, covid19 vaccine. vaccines they're rolling out they skipped all the animal trials <laughs> yeah that's that's what that oh, made yeah. me think of don't worry about it they tested do, it on dogs do, and everything <laughs> do animals other than bats get it or are bats just carriers get the COVID nineteen? They haven't been able yeah, to I, find it in a bat. There's there's zero evidence that it's tied in with bats yeah. anyway, in any way. Yeah. Even though that's the claim. Yeah, well they they just saw the movie Contagion and they just got it from that. Yeah, I love how Contagion was talking about social distancing back then. Talk about predictive programming. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so then obviously Joe and Rita. The, the whore and the average Joe are in those um, pods. They're supposed to be in there for a year, but yeah, be, like you said, because of yeah. the prostitution scandal, the whole experiment gets shut down, and they build a FUD Rutgers there, and yeah. uh, they wake up uh, 500 years later. Things late. looked bleak for Joe, but they were even worse for mankind. As Joe and Rita lay dormant, the years passed, and mankind became stupider at a frightening rate. Some had high hopes that genetic engineering would correct this trend in evolution. But sadly, the greatest minds and resources were focused on conquering hair loss and prolonging erections. (laughs) Meanwhile, the population exploded and intelligence continued to decline until humanity was incapable of solving even its most basic problems, like garbage which had been stacked for centuries with no plan whatsoever, leading to the great garbage avalanche of 2,505. Which is when Joe wakes up 2,505, if yes. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and there's a big landslide, and he crashes into Dax Shepard's uh, apartment. <laughs> By the way, Dax Shepard is great in this movie. Yeah, and and like it's weird because all, this is this movie is the only thing I know him from except I know I like I saw a lot of reviews when that awful Chips movie came out which he directed. He was in Without a Paddle with Seth Green and Matthew Lillard and Burt Reynolds. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, he is very good in this movie. Yeah, yeah, he's. Oh uh, yeah, he's got a he. Uh, there's I have a neighbor who who talks exactly like him has a speech impediment. <laughs> oh, I I like money. <laughs> 
Yeah. 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 I like money, though. <laughs> yeah. I like having yeah, sex that part... with chick. <laughs> like... I yeah. like having sex with chick. I like having sex with chick. Yeah. Hey, sorry. Go the ahead. part where he's 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 trying to tell he's trying to tell Joe to get out of his apartment is just great, and he's just like he does this like really he he flips the bird at him, but does it like really awkwardly, <laughs> like he like he's never done it before, and he's like he thinks it's gonna be cool if he does it. His his, his hand is in a really weird position while he shove uh, shit up my ass ass <laughs> whatever he said. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is great. It's it, it's exactly how I feel starting this podcast because I'm, I'm just not used to this, so I'm like sort of stumbling over my words a bit. <laughs> like, <laughs> like maybe maybe I can say something that sounds cool, but it's it's going to end up looking just awkward. <laughs> Shoot him my ass. Um, yeah. What do we? Uh, so I don't remember what this clip is, but I I labeled it faggy. Oh yeah, yeah. Unaware of what year it was. Joe wandered the streets desperate for help. But the English language had deteriorated into a hybrid of hillbilly, valley girl, inner city slang, and various crumbs. Joe was able to understand them, but when he spoke in an ordinary voice, he sounded pompous and faggy to them. Yeah, that's a. This, oh, yeah. this movie's like in the same category as like Tropic Thunder and a handful of other early 2000s movies where it was like. You could like the <laughs> fag and retard are like not yeah. acceptable in the Hollywood oh, yeah. lexicon anymore. But it's like it goes sort of two ways because yes, there are a lot of things in this movie that that are uh, that you know that you don't get to do in movies in in comedies now. But it's but also, it also like the it's the, stupid. It, it, they're it, pointing out that stupid people use yeah. these words. Yeah, but, but by like expanding the sort of the scope of the target of of the comedy to to uh inner city valley girl hillbilly it sort of it sort of i don't know it sort of loses some of that sort of uh, edginess by going for such a, a broad uh target right I but i do like the idea of yeah, of kind of like uh the goobacks in south park where in the future all the races have interbred so much that everybody's just one shade of brown the whole human race it's kind of like the same oh, thing yeah. culturally in idiocracy where like the hillbilly and valley girl like yeah. the, the dumbest people all bred yeah, together so it all kind of mixed into one dialect I, I do love i do love that uh you know this movie sh it's it's like a dystopian future but there's no racism in it and like that's that's kind of uh um refreshing because now they'd have to like you have to bring up racism in everything oh yeah dude i'm i just finished season one of lovecraft country or actually i might have like half an episode left but I really like parts of that show, especially like the, the first episode and then the last couple episodes of the season. The middle was a little rough. It's there's some really good stuff in that show, but like it really the main yeah. focus of the show is white people are evil and they oh, always yeah. have been and they always will be. <laughs> and you know why they do this stuff? It's because like uh Tavistock Institute. HP Lovecraft HP Lovecraft is like famous like people like he's famous for like like everyone likes uh lovecraftian fiction but did you know that lovecraft was racist yeah but hp lovecraft was like he wrote he, he like recanted racism before his death so it's right, like why but... why should you why should you only remember him for the bad stuff well pasteur the guy that like was started pasteurizing milk and uh he was antibiotics guy and all that uh he he recanted all that on his deathbed but we still use it 
Oh yeah. Your recants don't oh, count and, and when, the, when it benefits the, uh, the elite. <laughs> uh, the, not to not to get into it, it's just a huge tangent, but the Roe v. Wade thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Same idea. Yeah. Um. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. So uh, he goes to the he goes to the hospital. Yes. You got it's hepatitis. one of the best scenes. Oh, is someone not feeling well? <laughs> Your illness is very important to us. I like. I like. That. Oh yeah. It's You've called got hepatitis. You've got hepatitis. It, like, there's a yeah. happy ding. <laughs> oh yeah, and I forgot to say the the uh, the hospital's called Saint God's Memorial Hospital, <laughs> Saint God. and they did and they didn't have enough space. Like they, they ran out of space to put the name on, so it's like so it it's like sort of sloping off the side. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's like does the they... it's like the sign. It's like the sign for the hospital took the the COVID vaccination. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I love that they yeah. ran out of room with like the official hospital letters, so they just start sloping it down the edge. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's that's what I meant with the because of the the uh, the you know, people with the the faces were they're saggy on one side. And you show yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got um, it. yeah. It was a good. It was yeah, a good reference. So, uh, so he's sorry, the, I had to <laughs> dissect the frog on that one. Uh, but uh, yeah, so the, the scene just, where he, Justin Long, yeah. You know, yeah. is that what you were talking about? Well, yeah, but we we're not get we we're not there yet. There's the part where he talks to the the, the lady at the front. And she's like she just stares at him blank blankly, and while he's, he's describing all of his symptoms, and she's going through this this list of of all these buttons and and, and her fingers like passing over all the, the things. And the buttons have saying, a like, picture. It's not words. It's just yeah, like it's, a picture, like knife, uh, overdose. It's, yeah. It's she pushes the one then, where he's just shrugging with a question mark. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then it's like it's like it, it, the, then there a uh, computerized she doesn't say anything but a computerized voice tells him where to go and then he's like okay thanks and, and then and then the voice the computerized voice is like thank you and he sort of looks back and the lady's just still just staring blankly yeah that that was there's a couple plot holes in the movie like that where it's like at that point why do you even need a person to push the button it yeah, makes it funnier for the joke well, it's but like it's because <laughs> Well, it's because, like, I guess, you know, it could be that at the end of, like, before all, like, there were people who were just smart enough to, to like, change all of their, all of their technology. So that's, like, extremely impractical. So, like, you know, you, you need both computerized elements and, and just a, a person who's there just to push a button. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, I just, I just like the, I just like the idea of it. So, so then you get to the part where he's, uh, you know, the, he's got the little probes. You know, one one's for your mouth, one's for uh, your butt. One's Which scary for, movie yeah. ripped off this? Scary movie five yeah. ripped off this entire joke, word for word, with the that yeah. one goes in your mouth, that one goes in your butt, and then he's like, wait, actually, the, the, the scary movie five, like a, you know, almost a decade later, or maybe more than a decade later, just ripped off that entire premise. Yeah. From idiocracy. Yeah. It's, but yeah. Yeah, it's funny because this isn't even one of my favorite jokes because it's kind of one of those jokes where you, you get where it's going, but like at the beginning of the joke, and but you just have to watch it play out. Right. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not but that, then it's just funny that like. Yeah. It got ripped off, even though it's not that. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, but then the best, like one of the one of the best scenes in the movies happen where he he happens where he speaks to Justin Long. Yeah, his his doctor. Uh, the doctor looks yeah, at his chart. Yeah, Doctor Lex. Doctor Lexus. Is that his name, Dr. Lexus? Yeah. <laughs> right. Kick ass. Well, don't want to sound like a dick or nothing, but uh, it says on your chart that you're fucked up. Uh, you talk like a fag, and your shit's all retarded. What I do is just like, like you, know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, I, I'm serious here. <laughs> don't worry, Skrull. 
Now there are plenty of tards out there living really kick-ass lives. My first wife was tarded. She's a pilot now. <laughs> I, I need for you to be serious for a second here, okay? I, I need help. There's that fag talk we talked about. <laughs> All right, so that'll be this many dollars. And if you could just go ahead and, like, put your tattoo in that shit. Yeah, put your tattoo in. And then he freaks yeah. out that he's unscannable. He's like, why come you don't yeah. have a tattoo? Mark of the Beast. Yeah. And by the way, if Bill Gates gets his way, we'll be there in 10 years, too. Yeah, just my favorite part of this is just where he's delivering the diagnosis and, and he just doesn't have any words to say. It's just, you know, you just... If I was you, I'd you just... Know. Yeah, you know. <laughs> it's like, but it just makes sense. Like, it feels like a real a real character type. It's just like, yeah. it's like the most annoying person to talk to is now uh, your doctor delivering... <laughs> it's, just, it's great. Uh and like that's this is one of the like uh, idiocracy has a few cause I think there's a few character types in idiocracy that are a bit too broad and cartoonish and then there's the ones that that are real like real like like the uh, later on like directly after this you get the the uh, police officer who's who's arresting him and he's like he's talking like all formal language that it sounds like he doesn't even know what he's saying but he's just like uh, this, uh, this, this particular, particular individual <laughs> particular individual yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that that and uh, Justin Long's character those come off as like like you know exaggerated versions of like very real people right yeah and, th and that scene did give me a couple two isos that i'll use in later episodes for sure right <laughs> kick ass well <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, don't want to sound like a dick or nothing but uh it says on your chart that you're fucked up <laughs> uh <laughs> so so yeah. yeah he leaves he he flees the hospital and uh, this this is more of him just wandering around with the narrator talking. I liked Joe had awakened to a world in crisis. The economy was in a state of deep neglect. A great dust bowl had ravaged food supplies, and the number one movie in the country was called Ass. And that's all it was for 90 minutes. <laughs> it won eight Oscars that year including best screenplay so he he's at this point you know joe is he doesn't have his tattoo he's on the run i don't even know if he realizes how like what wanted he is for not having that tattoo I'm, i don't know if that's crossed yeah. his mind at this point but he yeah. he happens across that carl's jr vending machine yeah. and th this was a a I mean, this was a bit. I didn't. I I didn't catch this last part of this uh, until today or whenever, whatever day it was when I was pulling this clip right here. Welcome to Carl's Jr. Would you like to try our extra big ass taco now with more molecules? <laughs> now with more molecules. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was great. I, I never noticed yeah. that before. Now with more molecules, yeah. and I also love that fast food chains are now doubling his child protective services. Please come back yeah. when you can afford to make a purchase. Your kids are starving. Carl's Jr. believes no child should go hungry. You are an unfit mother. Your children will be placed in the custody of Carl's Jr. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's corporations are, this is, this is the most, like, it's the most realistic version of like, because you know, there's all these science fiction movies about corporations being, this is the it's sort of the, the basis for cyberpunk where, uh, where corporations are involved in, in everything and which is, you know, kind of realistic, isn't it? It's already um, happening. Yeah. And so, it, but this it's, it's Carl's Jr. That's, that's the, the big evil 
corporation. <laughs> Although it's there's many more, of course, like Taco Bell. That, <laughs> I, I quote this line like on, on a weekly basis. I say this. Carl's Jr. Fuck you. I'm eating. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm eating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and there's this the, the billboards that's like, like, if you don't smoke Marlboros, then fuck you, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, and then and then later on, it's welcome to Costco's. I love you. No, <laughs> I have that clip. Welcome to Costco. I love you. Welcome to yeah. Costco. <laughs> I love you. Welcome so, to Costco. That's pretty much how a lot of Walmart yeah. greeters already are. Yeah. So so does he get his uh, his tattoo before he goes to court? I forgot. Mm, yeah. I don't I th think so. Yeah, I think that may have been right directly before he gets uh, goes He gets arrested prison. at the so Carl's Jr. Uh... Yeah. Yeah, but before yeah, he, he goes, goes to court, to... he gets arrested. I have that clip, I yeah. think. Right. Yeah, because he, he doesn't have the mark of the beast. This individual is unscannable. Oh, that's the particular individual guy you're talking about? This particular individual yeah. is unscannable. Joe was arrested for not paying his hospital bill and not having his UPC tattoo. I like that. That's him discovered that in the future, justice was not only blind, but had become rather retarded as well. That that arrested for not having, or you, you just won't be able to travel without your barcode or your chip or whatever. It won't be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's on its way. Yeah. My. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh yeah, my fears of a of a brain chip. Uh, that that that'll you know that that starts out as just a thing to like, aug you know, augment you, and then and then it just becomes just outright control. And yeah, I think it's realistic. Like the chum bucket, uh, uh, the, the chum bucket hats in the SpongeBob movie. That's oh, yeah. how it. That's yep. how it would go. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Elon Musk is pushing that shit, and he's supposed it's supposed to be released next year. Supposedly, I don't know about that, yeah. but uh, Klaus Schwab, head of the Economic World Forum, with Prince Charles and. George Soros and all these guys at Davos, like in his book, he admitted yeah. that COVID-19 is not a real threat. We're going to use it for an economic great reset. You look at the World Economic Forum, they're talking by the year 2030, no one will own property or drive vehicles. And you in know, his I, own I, book, this guy's like elite of the elite. And in his own book, he's calling the global shots with the World Bank and World Economic Forum. In his book, he said that there will be brain chips soon that will be able to read your thoughts and know if you're a threat before you leave or enter certain countries yeah that's real oh yeah, yeah. sorry go what were you gonna say it got, it got dark yeah and i wonder <laughs> like is, is elon musk the villain here or is or is or you know is it, is it reasonable to believe that you know brain chips and everybody is just going to be it's just going to be inevitable so so maybe someone with better intentions should be the first to do it I just like uh, is that is that like is is that is that part of the equation or is it like or is it just is it just you know it, it's doom and gloom either way of course I don't want to live in a world where it's normal to have brain chips or any kind of chip in your body yeah that, that's why I'm so interested in like you know these uh, medieval movies post apocalyptic movies uh, just because it's like a simpler time you know <laughs> yeah and we'll we'll come to that later with Robin Hood oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, and so post-apocalyptic with uh, Battlefield Earth, yeah. <laughs> and idiocracy. And idiocracy, except this isn't post-apocalyptic. It's just you know, a, it's a, current a society in, in decline. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, um, yeah. So so Joe goes, goes to, court, to court, and I, I have that clip, and, and we can. There's a lot to deconstruct in this one as well. Yeah. Get down! No! 
<clears throat> I'm fixing to commensurate this trial here. We gonna see if we can't come up with a verdict up I in love here. Stephen Root. Prosecutor. Yeah. Why you think you done it? Okay, number one, Your Honor. Just look at him. <laughs> he talks like a fine too. <laughs> B, we've got all this like evidence of how like this guy didn't even pay at the hospital. And I heard that he doesn't even have his tattoo. Yeah. I know. And I'm all, you gotta be shitting me. But check this out, man. Judge should be like, guilty. Peace. Jackson! <laughs> what are you objectifying on? Come on, just get me on the stand. Okay. Um, Your Honor, mm. I object that this guy also broke my apartment to shit. Yeah. What? And you know what else? I object that he's not gonna have any money to pay me after he pays back all the money he stole from the hospital. Don't say I stole, you're my lawyer. So we're already, we're already there where people like cheer on, like at least half the population of our country, or at least 40% minimum, cheer on the destruction of human freedom and liberty. And are yeah. happy to see small businesses, people arrested for trying to keep their small business open. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like there's, <laughs> it's like idiocracy has already arrived, but it's not as funny as it should yeah. be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, Steve Root, that's uh, yeah, Stephen Root's the actor amazing. who played the, uh, he plays the judge, I think. And he's the yeah. actor who played Milton, Milton Waddams from The Office, from Office Space, sorry. Yes, Office and he's, Space. he's uh, uh, yeah, Office Space, and he's Mr. Strickland and Bill on King of the Hill. Yeah. Yeah, he's great in everything. Yeah, so it just, he's he's just, he's fantastic. He's also he was, in a couple of Coen Brothers movies. Yeah, uh, he's Which good in funny. Red State, the Kevin Smith movie, and he's yeah. uh, he was one of the best parts of news radio with Andy Dick and Phil Hartman and Joe Rogan. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because he's he's in a couple of Coen Brothers movies, and I was like, I was deceived for a second because one of the screenwriters is named Ethan Cohen, and you know it sounds like Ethan Cohen, one of the Coen Brothers. Was like, no, no, it's not the same person. Oh, <laughs> it's Cohen spelled it's Cohen instead of Cohen. Yeah, and e- Ethan instead of Ethan. <laughs> it sounds like a, they just snuck that in there just for a goof. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Please listen. Yeah, Please just... listen. <laughs> Like you hear that? That's like the prosecutor when Joe says, "Please listen." The prosecutor goes, "Please listen," and then the judge just goes, yeah. <laughs> "Stephen, please listen, please yeah. listen." <laughs> I didn't steal anything. I was part of an army. Experiment. Joe stated his case logically and passionately, but his perceived effeminate voice only drew big gales of stupid laughter. Without adequate legal representation. Joe was given a stiff sentence. So that brings us yeah. up to when he's, uh, I guess, getting his tattoo before jail. Oh yeah, I would. I did want to touch on the fact that uh, Steve Root has Wolverine's exact hair and yeah. uh, mutton chops. <laughs> yes, he does. in the in the judge. Yeah, when he plays the judge, which yeah. is like, yeah, which I I don't know if that says anything other than what Mike Judge thinks of like fans of Wolverine or X Men. <laughs> I don't know. I, I do think it's funny. 
Yeah, I uh, as a interesting. I think it was Mike Judge in an interview. I don't remember where it was. Was saying like there was like some legal questions about like putting uh, like making fun of Carl's Jr. and a couple other like Fuddruckers and stuff. And so yeah. uh, Fox, 20th Century Fox or whoever was their legal team was like, it'll it'll be better if you just like make like take like a uh, do every brand. <laughs> like just get everybody in the movie that way like nobody gets singled out like that and so they just oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> instead of like not instead of having to make fake corporations um which i guess the only fake one was probably brondo yeah and you know it works because i don't really see, i know i don't see any difference between these big brands <laughs> yeah <laughs> like they're all the same to me like just different different products but done the same way yeah i like money though yeah <laughs> so uh this is like of of all the twists in this movie i think this one ends up ringing true the most as to what's happening current day with the uh, brondo buying the fda they're watering crops with a sports drink brondo the thirst mutilator had come to replace water virtually everywhere water the basic component of all life had been deemed a threat to brondo's profit margin the solution came during the budget crisis of 2330, when the Brondo Corporation simply bought the FDA and the FCC, enabling them to say, do, and sell anything they wanted. That's pretty much what happened. In like, I mean, we, it's not on, on paper, not necessarily, but I think it's safe to say that Big Pharma runs the FDA. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know any. Uh, I just have a couple like random short clips from this that are pretty good. Hey, was I wearing pants when we went in there? Shit, what do I look like? A pants goblin? <laughs> Wait, who who was that? Was that one of the? Uh... It sounds like Jack Black when you're just hearing him. We skipped over uh, Terry Crews's introduction in this. Oh yeah, the House didn't of Representing. I actually didn't pull any Terry yeah. Crews clips, sadly. Yeah, I don't but, know why. Okay. I don't know what I was thinking. Oh man, but yeah, he's he's uh, he's one of my favorite uh, parts of the movie, his, especially his intro. Actually, not his introduction, but the scene where he's he's giving the big speech, and it, it just turns into a song. Like he's he's sort of a oh, yeah. uh, goes into like a whole uh, you know um, uh, southern preacher thing, and and oh yeah, the part where uh, the uh, the crowd is getting too loud, so he he pulls out a machine gun and fires it at the ceiling, and then in the next shot you see the you know the the particles from the ceiling drifting down. <laughs> yeah, I I yeah, really I, I just love stuff like that. I think one of the best jokes in that whole sequence of events was when he goes he starts off his speech by going shit, and then it shows the teleprompter yeah. and it just says shit yes. on the teleprompter. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, just his just his name. Except uh, when I first heard it, I thought when it said it's it's like uh, let's see, Herbert Camacho. You know, Herbert was like one of his middle names, but um, I thought that when it when it said Herbert, I thought it said pervert, and and I just thought that <laughs> it'd be funny if if one of his names was pervert. <laughs> For some reason, I was I was thinking he had Doritos in his name, but it was just Mountain Dew. Yeah, Mountain Dew. Yeah, but well, it's because we associate Mountain Dew and Doritos now because of all the whole gaming memes and stuff like that. Oh, you're right. Yeah, there, well, wasn't yeah. there Doritos flavored Mountain Dew at one point? <laughs> That's 
<laughs> or maybe it was Mountain Dew flavored Doritos. I don't know. Either way, it sounds. No, bad. there was there was definitely Doritos Mountain Dew at one point. It that may sounds have been like horrible. Those, like cheese. It may flavored. have even been. Yeah, it may have even been a tie-in with one of their. You know, they, they always do these gaming tie-ins. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Like you're always seeing like Master Chief on the on the uh, Mountain Dew bottles and stuff like that. Why you keep trying to read that word? You a fag. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I don't know any any thoughts before we. Oh. Hello. Hey. <laughs> yeah. So I pop. lost connection there. I don't know what happened. It's all good. Why you keep trying to read that word? You a fag. Uh. <laughs> so. Yeah. Any, I don't know, any last thoughts on Idiocracy before we move on from the good movies to the bad movies? Uh, let's see. Oh, the, uh, Terry Crews' line in the... I put this in my notes. Terry Crews' line at the, at the beginning. Uh, so you're smart, huh? I thought your hair would be bigger. I thought your head... <laughs> <that line. laughs> Does he say... He, he says your head would be bigger, right? Yeah, I thought. I thought. I think he said. I thought your hair would be. Like, I thought he said. I thought your. I, I didn't put on the subtitles. I don't know, but I. Th I think he said. I thought your hair would be bigger, like you know, sort of Albert <laughs> Albert Einstein kind of thing. Okay, I think. And he then said, he, he he grabs his yeah, head and could, he goes, "It looked like yeah. a peanut." Okay, yeah. So he, he may have said, "I thought your I, head would be bigger." I think he says. Yeah, head, either way, it it's could, yeah. It yeah, could be either way. One. It's funny. <laughs> it could yeah, be uh, hair. I don't know. Yeah, I never but watched the, the anything with subtitles. He, he has his he has his hand on his head and yeah, it's like your head is like a nut. That was funny. Uh, yeah, I like so how the actually... the little kid won a contest and he got to be secretary of energy. Yeah, and oh yeah, we also see one of the actors from uh, Office Space. I forgot his name, but the guy who plays uh, Michael Bolton. Oh, is he the guy? Is he one of the the cabinet members? Yeah, he he gained a lot of weight though in between those two movies. It was like I think they were six years apart, or no, eight years apart. Mm. Yeah, because Office Space was nineteen ninety eight, and Idiocracy was two thousand six. You're right. That is him. I didn't even make the connection because he's he doesn't have glasses and his hair's different. Yeah, yeah he's that's... got stubble. Yeah, he's one of the best characters in Office Space stuff. I don't know why he's not. I haven't seen him in more stuff. I think he was in. He definitely had a small role in King of the Hill at some point. I don't know. The main character of Office Space kind of is. Once in a while, you'll see him in something, but yeah, not very often. Yeah, you know, I've only seen him in Office... Ron Livingston. I've only seen him in Office Space, and he was in uh, the uh, that one Steven Spielberg HBO production of World War II show uh, that was Band of Brothers, yeah, which I have not watched. Oh, yeah. I, me I keep meaning to watch that, but I have not seen it. Is that the one with Matthew Broderick? I do not believe so. He was in a... <laughs> world I know he was in a Civil War movie called Glory. That had idea. Morgan Freeman. Yeah, that's what um, I was thinking of. I think it had Morgan. Fre Did it have Morgan Freeman? I may have been. I may have been thinking of a different movie. Anyway, well, I, um, and and like you said, it's like objective versus subjective. Um, I give. I give a uh, idiocracy subjective nine point five. Yeah. Or, or yeah, sorry, so, objective, objective, nine point five. Subjective, probably like an eight. Like, but my personal opinion, nine point five. Okay, yeah. Um, my like, um, like for me, for this movie, my subjective and objective rating would be the exact same. Probably it would be just a, a seven, seven or seven point five. You know, it's it's. 
it's like every time I watch, it's one of those movies where every time I watch, every time I watch it, expecting it to be blown away, it's it's like I'm I'm sort of hung up on certain things, and then every time it's like I remember being disappointed the last time I watched it again, it's like oh no, this is great. It's 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 for me, it's one of those things, but I do love the movie. Yeah, I, I mean, think, it's, it's I think it gets better. It ages like a fine wine the yeah. further we go into the the last yeah. decade. <laughs> But I do like I I think um I like um Office Space is more my kind of thing because it's just a relaxing movie throughout. It's it's both relaxing and hilarious at the same time. Like I still laugh at everything. I um I I think that like it, it, Office Space seems more like the kind of movie where they did more takes on each on each scene. So there there are some scenes where it feels a little flat, but it does feel more like um definitive and like like just tight tightly constructed, and like. Yeah, like there, you know, Idiocracy it plays like more of a King of the some... Hill episode. It, it feels like kind of a King of the Office Space plays like a King of the Hill episode, whereas Idiocracy is kind of yeah, unlike most of the stuff Mike Judge has done as far as like, uh, like the atmosphere of a movie. Except yeah, but Office Space is like it's very um it's very unique because it has that uh, hip hop score, and I'm not I'm not a fan of hip hop, but I love I absolutely love oh, like, the Ghetto Boys every is single awesome. song. I, I love all the songs in that movie, and I know that uh, one of the songs was done by a guy who went on to the Joe Rogan podcast recently with Mike Judge, but Mike Judge yeah. couldn't stay on. Yeah, Mike Judge was there, and he, I, I watched that whole thing, and he, Mike Judge barely got a word in edgewise. Um, but I guess it just turns yeah, out well, that he was hanging out with... Uh, he was just tagging along. With Willie D and the Ghetto they, Boys, yeah. But yeah, yeah that, that was the they, dude from the Ghetto Boys, and they did most of the Office Space soundtrack. Yeah, and I do hope that uh, Mike Judge doesn't you know full interview at some point soon yeah i'd love to see him on rogan by himself for three hours yeah, uh and just just while just real quick while we're still on the subject of mike judge um i did recently i finished watching like i had a, i had a try a free trial for hbo on amazon prime and and uh i've i watched like i had i'd seen like the first four seasons of silicon valley a long time ago and they all kind of blended together in my brain like they like i i, I could watch the whole thing i enjoyed all of it but but individual plot lines just kind of meshed together and i, and I just it became kind of forgettable yeah i, uh, I, I wasn't I, super impressed I, with that show I finished watching it and I did I did enjoy the last couple of seasons more. I think it ended it ended pretty well. And I and I will say that that um it, it is one of the few shows that it is it feels um uh the quality if you like the quality in the first season then it's probably you're probably going to like the whole show because uh, it it doesn't feel like it it just slides off a cliff in quality like every single show does. Like you know how it, it feels like every show now has a, an amazing first season and then the second season is just trash. Yeah, <laughs> like well, um, the, Silicon Valley feels pretty consistent quality. I think it, it ended on a high note. And I, I, uh, so I, I don't know if I'll be revisiting. I'll probably revisit it at some point. Maybe. I'm still waiting on season three of Mike Judge's Tales from but the Tour Bus. It is hard have to watch though. It's, it's oh um oh no I have not. Okay, yeah, Mike Judge's Tales from the Tour Bus is fantastic. I, I can't recommend that show enough. Um, yeah, it's I can't remember what I network did, it's on, but yeah, I did kind of grow attached to the um, Gilfoyle, the the uh, Satanist character. I, I don't like his voice because he sounds he just sounds like uh, Nick Offerman, like a discount oh, Nick yeah. Offerman. <laughs> but he does like he does have a lot of good points throughout the show. Yeah, old Mike yeah. Judge. Hello, this is Hank Hill, and I'm telling you what you need to listen to Alex Jones. Uh, yeah. 
I was looking for my uh, uh, where is it? Uh, oh, I guess I don't. I was looking for my Tales from the Tour Bus Mike Judge clip. It's the one I can't remember what episode it is, but it's it's basically the premise of that show is it's real stories from the first country, the first uh, season's outlaw country, and the second season's funk. Like, uh, and it's just all these legends of each season's a different genre. It's all the legends telling the crazy stories from on the road, usually involving lots of drugs and guns being shot and people getting shot. It's really funny, but there's one clip. It's like, in the 70s, I was fucking 25 fat girls because they bring me diet pills. But now I can't do that. They they don't sell no you know speed anymore. But in the 70s, I was I had all the fat women in town coming to my house. <laughs> it's like just the stuff on that show, and it's it's animated like kind of Mike Judge style. It's a great show. Yeah. Uh, okay. I for, I got one more just wrap up clip for Idiocracy, and then we can move on to Frogs. And so, after serving a short term as vice president, Joe was elected the president of America. Today I step into the shoes of a great man. A man by the name of Dwayne Elizondo Mountain Dew Herbert Camacho. Under President Not Sure's leadership, a new era dawned. You know, there was a time in this country when smart people were considered cool. Well, maybe not cool, but smart people did things like build ships and pyramids, and they even went to the moon. And there was a time in this country, a long time ago, when reading wasn't just for fags, and neither was writing. People wrote books and movies, movies that had stories, so you cared whose ass it was and why it was farting, and I believe that time can come again. America. Okay, so bad movies. What did you think of Frogs starring Sam Elliott? I thought it was delightful. <laughs> you did uh, uh, make a you did make a nice little short video about it that I will link in the show notes yeah. of this episode. Yeah, uh, I can. I, I, you know, it's of a scene late in the movie, so like maybe I could talk, like touch on it um, at the end of our frogs discussion. But yeah, this movie stars a mustacheless Sam Elliott <laughs> in a canoe, and he's taking pictures <laughs> of the chemicals that are turning the frogs gay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's uh, that's really all you need to know about the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ooh. He sort of I'll eat your he ass. sort of pat I will. Yeah. So, okay, so, so it's kind of it's an environmental kind of movie. Um I was talking with Caleb the other night about this movie and he said, "Well, they tried their darn their darndest to make regular size frogs scary, but they uh, sure didn't quite pull it off, did they?" Well, yeah, it's it's never clear that the frogs are actually the threat. It's sort of implied throughout that the frogs are like mind controlling all the other animals to to do violent things. But it's like it's like <laughs> snakes and spiders doing you know doing the actual scares throughout the movie. Except yeah, that's true. Uh, at the very end. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, and so we don't have to spend much time on this one because it's like it's, it's so bad. But there's not a lot yeah, to talk I, about. And I didn't yeah, even bother yeah, pulling any clips. It is like a very yeah, and neither did I. But it is very like, it's a slow movie. 
it, it's it's kind of like it has a sort of charm, you know, low budget seventies charm. It's no troll it. two. I I did you know troll two. I'm not really a huge fan of. Like I watched it and it just felt like like a really awkward episode of Goosebumps. Like with a few funny moments, but overall, it, like it was kind Neil of Bog, the Neil Bog reveal at the end Neil where Bog it turns and, that 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 pay that payoff was crazy. And the the father with the the speech impediment, but like the, <laughs> the director didn't notice because the, the director was not an English speaker. There is a documentary that is yeah, I a I, I watched crime it. I wa- against I watched... humanity. Wait, have you seen the best worst movie? Is is it the one where they go back and revisit all the people and like the dude realizes that Troll yes, Two's famous now, so is, he's kind of yeah that that documentary is it's not a comedy it's 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 a tragedy it's so it's so sad sad it, I was yeah laughing. when they they like, go back and visit the mom and she's literally in like yeah, insane she's she's a yeah it was so it was it was like one of those things where you watch it and you just you just have to like <laughs> you have to like reexamine your life. Because it's like, it's so sad because it's like, it's like this, this lady is, it's like, she's I was living alone. Through, I was chuckling throughout the documentary. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, about the uh, lady. Yeah. She's, she's, she, she's still, okay. The, the, the tragedy is that she's, she's aging. She was in this bad movie in long in the past, you know, Troll 2, which has become a cult classic. Uh, she, she's uh, a recluse. She lives with her mother. She's taking care of her mother who has like, you know, she's very demanding, uh, you know, medically, uh, she has gone insane. She still, ha- she's like, you know, her hair is gray and she still has dreams or, you know, um, aspirations to become a famous actress, like a leading lady. But it's clearly like, you know, that's, it's not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> and she, but she was, I can't remember what she says, but there's, it's like demented, crazy. Like her brain is yeah. rotting bad. It's bad. Yeah. And then, and then like it's the like, dad from the movie is like, obsessed with he's as soon as the document he's like realizes how famous troll 2 has gotten and now he's like taking it super seriously and then there's like the director of troll 2 gets mad yeah. when people think it's funny at the screening yeah, and you know, everything about like when, it was like whoever made this documentary is an asshole yeah yeah and like and people like when i heard like i think it may have been red letter media talking about it like they were like they're they're talking about it like it's a like it's a funny sort of lighthearted comedy thing where it's like oh it the director funny, comes by but in a bad and, and way well, it's like I didn't I didn't find it funny. like I don't <laughs> I can't remember any parts that I actually thought like they may have like edited some parts to be funny but the things they're actually showing were not funny uh, uh, it was, like, I mean it was like the, it was funny because of how it was funny in like a Tim and Eric way but what was depressing it's kind of like when Tim and Eric get like clearly weird or mentally challenged people to be in their shows like they, the people yeah, they cast yeah it, it was like that kind of a funny in that kind of a way but it was like dark yeah. man it was like oh my so, god yeah. <laughs> yeah so the italian director is like happy to find that people in america love his movie so he comes by at a convention or you know a theater showing where they're showing it and he's a, the guest of honor basically and he goes to speak and he doesn't know until he's there that people are there because they think the movie's funny they don't know who he is so he's talking to people who, who don't they don't know who the director looks like and, and so he's he's talking to them and they're like they're like Oh, he's like, oh, you like, uh, you like Troll Two? It's like, yeah, yeah, it's it's funny, it's terrible, and and, and he's like, and you know, he's reacting to it, and he he he, you know, he gets mad, yeah, yeah. And it I feels like they set that up. And, it feels like it was set. Yeah. It was it was like the people that made. Wasn't it the guy that played the kid, the one that made the documentary? It was like the like little kid. Have, I don't know. Maybe he. I, yeah, if I remember correctly, maybe like he probably didn't like. Uh, um. He coordinate was... the whole thing. He was probably just there to like be the host. I don't know. Maybe I, I can't remember. 
I don't but yeah, know, it could man, just be a, a, a previous actor from movie banking on. I think him, the, know, the guy that played the dad like. and the guy that played the kid get into a fight. About there was just and then like when they they set up this booth at like a comic con type thing and they uh, it was yeah. just like and they, it's just it was depressing. They, like it, it, anyways, yeah. so that's our re- yeah, like, review of frogs, everyone. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and uh, I want to <laughs> I want to like mention a few little things. This is like this weird. Okay, so so Sam Elliott is in a boat. He gets like he gets turned over by by these rich people going around in a in a in a motorboat uh, that you know recklessly they they and so so they go by to like Sam Elliott, Elliott is in the water. His I guess his camera is sunk and and he climbs into their boat and and like and they take him uh, back to their little mansion or whatever it is uh, to dry off and and there's this weird scene where like i guess he gets out of the shower or something and there's this weird sexual tension between sam elliott and the other uh male actor that's like and <laughs> but but then they sort of set up this like really weird uh this this like um ineffective love uh connection between sam elliott and the female lead and it, it, it doesn't go anywhere except they both survive the movie uh, maybe maybe because they do have this stinger where the kid in the car has the frog and anyway um Oh yeah, there's a the funny scene where the old man uh, in the wheelchair who reminds me of uh, Mr. Lebowski from The Big Lebowski, not <laughs> not Jeff Bridges' character, but the the other the, guy, yeah yeah yeah, uh, the rich the rich guy, yeah uh, yeah. But the guy the, there's like they go into the dinner uh, room to the the dining room to eat, and then there's a snake on the chandelier, and the guy just pulls out a revolver <laughs> from his like his wheelchair and he shoots it, and it's like wait, the, the blood's gonna spray all over the table. <laughs> You're gonna eat there like immediately after. I don't know. No, so that was funny. Uh, oh yeah, and then there's a scene where a, a guy uh, g- goes out. I forgot what he's up to, but um, he's like running with a gun, and he shoots himself. He like trips and shoots himself in the leg, in like the most the most bizarre uh, scene. Like it's just unintentional comedy. And then he gets like he gets covered by tarantulas, and he gets covered by this like mossy substance. And then just <laughs> I don't think he's even brought up in the movie from that point. And then, uh, oh yeah, a scene where, I don't know why you didn't want to bring this up, uh, the other guy, um, he goes into the greenhouse to get some flowers, and there's these drawers on the on the shelves labeled poison, oh. and then uh, some <laughs> lizards start pushing the jars off off of the shelves and then it it uh, the you know it um it's all creating a um fumes and then the guy he asphyxiates on the fumes and then Sam Elliott uh walks by and, and sees him and then uh, um the black lady who's a who's a model uh sees him there and then it's just so and then later on they they like so at first they don't approach him but then later on they just they just walk in pull and drag him out without covering their you know their yeah nasal passages or anything like that no 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 masks anyway um there was a couple scenes if i remember right of sam elliott in the water like uh up to his waist just like wrestling with stuff like alligators and snakes it's been like a uh there was a scene like a month ago yeah there was a scene with an alligator it was a different um a different character though oh Uh, right but if you look close you can see the alligator's mouth is like uh fastened shut yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's a baby. It's like a baby alligator. Anyway, it's not a full sized one. Um, and then but the be, the best scene was the one you brought up at the end, where the old rich guy that's been like putting the chemicals in the water that turned the frogs angry. <laughs> it's yeah. literally so. The yeah. They, also, there's they like... kill him by just a bunch of frogs 
hop around oh, yeah, next just, to him and on top of him. And then he's like, ah, yeah. and then he's dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, like this is like, if the frogs can, can kill people without doing anything, like why, why were they sending snakes to do their bidding earlier? Is it ever, uh, is also, it, it's just kind of implied that that's what the frogs are doing or is it like explicitly said? Cause to me, yeah, it well, it's of, just, it's to just me, the like movie the frogs felt like are all sort of nature was getting mad and they just called the movie frogs. Yeah. Like nature yeah, was I, fighting I, back, and the frogs weren't necessarily yeah. in command. But I do like the idea of the frogs controlling everything better. So uh, gay frogs. I know I know the reason the reason they did it is because I believe uh, the movie Willard came out a couple of years earlier. Have you heard of that? It's like I've um, heard of it. I haven't seen it. A, a young a young man. There's they did a remake with Crispin Glover. I sort of tweeted about that like a year ago, maybe. Um, so uh, a young guy. It was like early seventies. A young guy befriends a rat and he uses he like he can communicate with the rat and he teaches the rat the like the, there's like all these there's like an army of rats in his house and he like talks to the main rat and the rat commands the other rats and then the, he uses those rats to like murder everyone who's wronged him <laughs> and it's like it's sort of a slight it's slightly comedic it's like you know it's it's way better it's i haven't seen the original movie i saw the remake um and the remake was pretty good but i i, I should you know sort of withhold judgment until i've seen the the original because you know remakes a lot of the times are just sort of pale reflections of the movies they're emulating uh but yeah really interesting and they did a the sequel ben the sequel to willard is called ben and that's what michael jackson did the song ben for uh the song uh Ben, the two of us need look no more. Yeah, uh, the song is about like Michael Jackson's uh, friendship with his pet. Um, I don't know what what it was a a pet. Some I don't know, but in the movie it was used as a kid singing a kid singing to the rat Ben. Ben was the main the main evil rat from the previous movie. I need and to becomes, see this. Yeah, uh, it's good. And then and when they made the remake Willard, uh, Crispin Glover did a music video. He directed a music video where he's singing to uh, Ben. Except it's weird. It's weird because Ben is the rat, is the villain rat from the movie. He doesn't like Ben. He likes uh, a different rat. I forgot what he named the his the main rat. Ben was like the rival rat that that is jealous of the 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 main rat that that is getting the affection of uh, the main character Willard. But yeah, it's it's like it's like it's really funny, like interesting, uh, sort of dark comedy kind of thing. And and frogs. So they probably made frogs because Willard was a big hit. Like it was like a tiny budget that makes made sense, yeah. way more than its made way more than its budget back. Uh, so so they do okay. What can we do with there was a movie about rats. Let's do frogs. Yeah. And and then they couldn't think of a way to make frogs scary, so they just add in all these other animals. Yeah, that's that seems like a likely scenario. So what would you rate frogs? I'm gonna go with a two out of ten. Um. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. Like, it's not like, even so bad. It's good. That's kind of why I picked it because it's just a bad like, movie. There, you know, if you have like friends, uh, you know, and I don't, I don't do substances, but I imagine it, it might be fun on 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 substances with nah, friends. Not really. <laughs> I don't think it would be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not. I I guess it depends on like if if the maybe if if, I think if you were drunk, if you, you were like, drunk, that's like, probably the only way you'd enjoy that movie. Like, cause I'm I'm not particularly interested in like in like you know forgotten B movies. Like it's not you know some of them yeah, but but yeah, it's not like a big interest of mine. So like this isn't a movie I would normally watch on my own. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's really but, bad. Yeah. And not and there, not like the next movie we're about to hit, which is so bad it's good. Um, uh, Battlefield Earth. Yes. Now this was a Scientology movie, right? 
Yes, it was like I believe it was it was funded by the Church of Scientology and with um, John Travolta sort of championing it. Uh, he was a Scientologist. I do not know if Barry Pepper is a Scientologist. Barry Pepper plays the protagonist. They should have had Tom Cruise and Isaac Hayes and all the they should have just gotten all the Scientologists yeah. to be in it would have been awesome. Yeah, yeah like it, maybe Tom Cruise was just too smart to like, you know, <laughs> even though he was that was like that around that time may have been. All right, when was the couch jumping incident? Like that was the early 2000s. Oh, the I think? Katie Holmes thing. Oprah. Yeah, a few yeah, years I don't after, know. probably a few years after Battlefield Earth. But anyway, um, let's see. I, I need oh, to see. Oh, speaking what of Tom Cruise, did you, I'm sure you heard the leaked audio that came out. Oh yeah, yeah, it was interesting because like I, you know, it, it was wrong. It may have been wrong that he was sort of focusing his his uh, attack on the on his uh, employees, but his point about like, you know, we're trying to keep this in industry in business like that that was like it sort of you know hit home kind of yeah and like there was a there's sort of a truth in it yeah and i think um i think that he knew he was being recorded and that was an intentional release they were talking about that uh -huh. on no agenda how litigious scientology is and how like tom cruises and how much how many lawsuits would be being thrown around and also if you listen to it again it sounds like he's acting yeah well, you know, he's an actor. <laughs> yeah, but when he's yelling yeah, I, at people, it sounds like he's acting. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. My, my I think it was an intentional, like really... uh, intentional uh, stunt. But to, I don't know. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, yeah, it could, it could be. Yeah, like, yeah, but you know, it's you know, he's he's not like the chameleonic kind of actor. When he yells in a movie, it may just be this way the way he yells in in real life. It's possible. So Battlefield Earth, um, um, this yeah. I watched this movie oh, yeah. two and a half times since you recommended it because I hadn't seen it in a while. I watched it, I watched it uh, okay. twice, and then I watched kind of half of it just looking around for uh, okay. for stuff. Yeah, well, I'm glad because I did not get the chance. I, I I was sort of spent too much time on on uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and I meant to I meant to rewatch this movie directly prior. I did go I did go through it to look for clips, so I, I did refresh myself a little bit on it in that way. But yeah, the, some a lot of the uh, sort of complexities of the you know really convoluted plot are <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna remember all of it. But well, that's I do what remember, I was gonna I do, say I is remember. I watched it twice recently, two and a half times recently, but twice all the way through. And I still don't really understand what the movie's about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this movie was the. It, it, this was not the book Battlefield Earth. I don't think it was. It wasn't. It wasn't written as like propaganda or you know religious materials for Scientology. It was. It was just a, a pulp book. It was like sort of and on the in between between the like classic like fifties um, style sci-fi and modern sci-fi. It's sort of an in between of that. So it's sort of the book probably hasn't aged that well. Um, uh, but it does have its fans, um, you know, even people who don't like Scientology. Uh, some people that are into, like, pulps, sci-fi, uh, and stuff like that do like it. Is I don't think the book is classified as pulp, because it's like, I think it was released as a novel. I'm not sure. I, I, I don't know, maybe. Um, but, so, the movie actually only covers the first half of the book. And some people say the movie is nothing like the book. I don't, I'm not sure. What I, From what I've seen of, like, like reading uh, synopsises... It, it seems to broadly cover the same subject matter, but, you know, the first half of it, like, uh, I guess the second half would be they'd, they'd probably have an, uh, an enemy other than the, the Cyclos, which are uh, in the film. John Travolta plays the villain. He is a Cyclo, and um, they say that um, uh, Har Harlan, I, know, I, just, I almost said Harlan Ellison. 
L. Ron Hubbard. I keep, I keep, <laughs> I have to remember him by by thinking of uh, by thinking of Elrond from the Lord of the Rings. Um, <laughs> are are yeah. there any memes of Elrond Hubbard? I'm sure I, I saw. I recently saw a meme of some somebody just took a picture of Elrond and turned it black and white and just just used like Microsoft Paint to put like to to trace around his eyes and it just looks exactly like what Razor Fist looks like without his glasses. <laughs> Razor Fist. Yeah. It's just kind of funny. Um, so, uh, where was I? So, this is the year 3000. Humans are sort of, uh, they've been destroyed by, uh, their society has been destroyed by uh, aliens, it seems. It doesn't really make that totally clear. It, it sort of, in their mythology, it's like, I can't remember. It's like the, the gods abandoned them because they angered the gods. And it could, I don't know if, if, if the story was that the aliens destroyed them or it was like at some other apocalyptic event and then the aliens just came in afterwards to sort of take advantage or something. Um, anyway, so this alien corporation, this like whole planet, this planet that's, that's like one big corporation, uh, is, is sort of, um, exploiting earth they're using uh these sort of futuristic cavemen humans which they call man animals as forced labor which actually it seems that they don't actually do that until late like they don't even think of using them as forced labor until late in the movie so i'm not sure yeah it's one of those confusing things i have to like rewatch or read the book to to uh figure out what the actual plot are you still here yeah sorry i'm just listening I'm yeah. taking it all in. <laughs> okay, yeah, because it was t totally silent. Yeah, I was afraid because I, I wasn't, I, I'm not on the clean feed uh, tab right now, so I was, uh, I was afraid because before I wasn't on the tab and then it turned out that <laughs> yeah, it's all good. cut off. But, anyway. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, because this is why I shouldn't talk for long stretches. Uh, yeah, so, um, this alien corporation, it, like, they're all, like, cartoonishly backstabby and, and, uh, and deceptive, and there's this great scene where, where, uh, uh, there's this bartender who, ha who John Travolta's character has dirt on, and, uh, let's see, uh, that's the I'm not your friend clip. Well, as a friend, I could forget to file the report, but unfortunately, I'm not your friend! <laughs> Fool! Yeah, that, I, I the first time I the first time I cut that clip, I forgot to I, I forgot about that fool part at the end. So I had to like go back and put that in because I was like that was the best part because it's so like like it's so in the closet like it's just it's just the like the cheesiest like villain thing. There's so much of that uh, villainous laughter in this movie. It's like ha half the movie is like villainous laughter. Oh yeah, that'd be cool to see a compilation of just all the laughter in, in uh, yeah. Battlefield Earth. Yeah, and that, you know that is sort of a trend in the movies, the the cheesy movies that I like. I like sort of uh, cackling villains. Unfortunately, there was none in the Man Who Would Be King, but yeah, but we get a lot of that in Battlefield Earth. And uh, there was a lot Robin of riveting Prince of Themes, ri not riveting, but riveting villains and yeah. frogs. Okay, so um, let's see. Oh yeah, um, uh, John Travolta's character. Myself, oh, whoops, sorry. Uh, he is. I was gonna say I'll give myself the butumch for that since you did. Ribbon. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, uh, John Travolta's character, he's like serving, uh, a sort of uh, a cycle. He, he's serving sort of a tour on earth. He hates earth. Like all the aliens hate earth. They can't breathe the atmosphere. They have to wear these little things on their noses to, to breathe. 
Uh, which doesn't, I don't think that really enters the plot at any point. Like, there's no part where they, like, rip one off of them and then they, they're, like, they can't breathe or, like, sort of like Bane and the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, there's just something to look it, at. It seems to never, to... yeah. It is, like, you know, it is good that they sort of thought of that, at least, although it's such an obvious thing. <laughs> um, you know, they, they really should be wearing, like, full masks. I don't know. It would be more realistic. But, um, anyway, uh... Let's see, he, he wants to he wants to get off Earth, go back to Cyclo, you know, somewhere more pleasant. They sort of they talk about Earth as if it's it's hell, it's the worst thing ever. So, um, he's he's uh, he's having his like performance review, and and uh, they're telling him he's doing good, and then um, and then um, can you play the endless options? Oh, thank you, sir. I, I don't know if I could have kept my sanity to be here another five cycles. We've decided to keep you here for another 50 cycles. With endless options for renew. With endless options for renew. With endless options for renew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> Obviously, you get the repeat of endless options for renewal. It's this is the MTV generation. They have to like edit everything all slick, and it, it just it's really awkward in this movie. I think there is a bit of a, a nice style. To, like people make fun of how it's it's uh, all Dutch. Ang everything is shot in Dutch angles, and mm -hmm. it's all like like uh, the color grading is really intense. Everything is blue or green, and and they do all that crazy editing. And and you know it actually makes like it felt like it, Bible Man kind of. If the movie didn't have this stuff, it would be more boring, I think. Like, it's it's yeah. funny that they did all this stuff. Yeah, but yeah, yeah it's, Bible Man. It's been it a while felt since like I've, that, I've that thought vibe. about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, um, let's see. What was the next clip? I like the train, yeah, the train to conquer galaxies. There's a, you, pick, you picked out oh, like, yeah. the same type so of lines I would have picked out if I was clipping. Yeah, so he's he's uh, drinking his woes away with with his friend his his uh, his um com his uh coworker Forrest Whitaker, who um, as usual is he's a very good actor, but he's always playing characters like you know in stuff that's lower than his you know acting range, uh, and um, so yeah, uh, John Travolta is is um, is saying that he like just play the clip. While you were still learning how to spell your name, I was being trained to conquer galaxies. <laughs> trained. Yeah. So, yeah. So this is like, uh, this is the height. This is how uh, John Travolta plays a, a grandiose villain. It's 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 just so, you know, he has such a nasally voice in this role, doesn't he? Yeah, and it's the same kind of cadence as like Batman villains in the old nineteen sixties Adam West TV show. Yeah, that yeah, and and uh, that's a funny comparison because I think in Red Letter Media's review of this, they brought up I think they made a comparison to the Batman movie where every time every scene in that ship where all the villains were, it was shot at a, at a Dutch angle, you know, where it was tilted. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Although, yeah, which may have served more than one purpose to show maybe that it actually was tilted because they're on a boat. Yeah, that or makes that sense. they're it's showing the villains and the you know they're just showing you know this is a, a bad place it's a place where the villains are so they put the camera crooked, crooked. a lot of filmmakers use it for no reason in Battlefield Earth it, it feels like it, sometimes it's just used for no reason or it's just it, it could be for a reason just to show that it's a broken earth sort of thing uh, we uh, eat at the same time is a clip that I was going to pull but I saw yeah. you already had it oh this yeah <laughs> so uh, yeah 
So, uh, yeah, all the prisoners are together. The main character, sort of, he's he's taking charge. He's being a leader. He's breaking up a fight where where um one like there's a sort of a gang and they 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 sort of gang up and they get to eat first and then all the all the prisoners just get the scraps that are left over. And so he's he's uh sort of being the hero character and and uh, you can play the clip. We without problems without killing each other over food. From now on, we eat at the same time. <laughs> yeah and the reason this is great is he picks up a huge glob of of the food and and between cuts it's like it turns from a huge glob into a little glob and then uh, uh something that's sort of a, a horror in this age of social distancing everyone um come starts coming up one by one and just scraping a little handful out yeah. of out of his hand yeah. out of his bare hand and and, and just sho shoving it in their mouths <laughs> it's just yeah it's it's just one of the one of the underrated unintentional comedy bits in this movie yeah there's a handful of those yeah get it there's a handful of those yeah yep. yeah that was good that was good that was good thank you <laughs> yeah see i i'm just not listening to you in general so i don't i don't uh, yeah it's dad joke city okay. i'm gonna rename my okay. podcast dad joke city yeah, so they they uh, they want to control uh, Barry Pepper's character, and uh, so they want to they want to see what they have, what they can use for leverage. They want to see what their favorite food is. Uh, so they 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 send them out, uh, and they go they go out and they they find a rat. Okay, you can play this. That's their favorite food. Of course it is. They could have selected anything they wanted. But it's not even cooked. If man animal prefers its rat uncooked. And our job is that much easier. If they like the rat so much, how come those two aren't eating? Don't you know anything? The leader of the pack always eats first. See? See? Yeah. And so th this is great because it's like the movie keeps going back and forth between like trying to be like like realistic, like this is what would happen if it's like aliens took over and like and showing all the little complications and and sort sort of the technology, like going into sort of details about the stuff. And then there's these really broadly like comedic bits that are like really cheesy and old fashioned. And and this is just one of those funny parts. Yeah, I um I uh I did laugh like more than I expected to my first well and second. Uh, watch through of this movie because since I hadn't seen it in so long, but like there was solid chunks of this movie where I was like, "All right, let's move it along, boys. Come on." <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It does get boring sometimes. So um, th then uh, um, th there's one scene that I think people don't bring up that's actually kind of it, it's it's kind of a good like a legitimately good scene. Just you know the context of it, the movie, the movie being so badly written, it it. it ruins it but but so uh um john travolta takes barry pepper to uh to um was it the library of congress or something like that uh and, and, and was it the national uh, archive you know, to show him yeah can you play that that clip everything you humans knew is here and you can look at anything you want because there's nothing that will help you see this is great because it plays on the strength of filmmaking like uh, you know not to get too like uh, pretentious about it but it's like uh the villain is making us he's trying to be intimidating he's saying uh this is this uh place shows the greatest of what you humans have achieved mm -hmm. and you, you i'm letting you look at it because none of it was enough to stop us 
Right. But to Barry Pepper's character, it's like he's looking at he's he's sort of reconnecting with the roots of his his civilization, and it's like a, 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 a sort of a, an amazing and and uh, like solemn moment for him. And so it's like doing these two things at the same time; they're actually woven together very well. It's like you know, it's yeah, like this that is, is what, pretty cool. Yeah, and and you know, it's sort of a moment. Like I'm I'm sort of writing stories, and it's sort of a moment that I want to steal from a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like that, you know that that's that's one think, uh, thing that you can actually. Of course, there are criticisms of the scene, like like uh, he has he opens this book and the Declaration of Independence is in it, and I don't I don't know if it's meant to be a copy or the real thing, but it's like how have the how have these been preserved for a thousand years? Right. <laughs> yeah. Like wouldn't they be dust? Like in the like the, in the time machine from like, bef- like this like the, some of the earliest science fiction known. They they did the thing where where the guy um, after going to the future he touches a book and it just like turns to dust in his hand. Yeah. 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 Um, um, that, anyway, like even not oh, just books yeah. but like uh, metal skyscrapers and cars would be disintegrated in a couple. Yeah. Yeah. Everything years. everything would be gone. Like it would be unrec. You wouldn't even you wouldn't, you wouldn't even recognize the city. Like things would be just leveled. Um. By erosion and and you know weathering and, and all that, uh, like sooner than you'd think too. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and there was another good scene uh, where um, uh, John Travolta takes all, all the humans uh, to demonstrate. Uh, I forgot what what the context of the scene was. It's where he shoots the legs off of that cow. Uh, but can you play <laughs> the, the clip yeah. um, if you try to run? If any of you get any bright ideas about escaping, just keep in mind that although you know nothing about firearms, I certainly do. I graduated top marksman in my class, and I can kill any one of you at over a thousand paces. Tell them what I've said. Try to run, you'll kill us. That's it. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I just, I just like that exchange, and I actually cut down what John Travolta was saying a little bit, so it was longer than than what you hear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, just the, but just the delivery. If you try to, if you try to run, he'll kill us. Like I just, I just think that's great. Like, cause I mean, obviously, it's just showing that the main character he he doesn't, he he's not impressed by by John Travolta's you know verbose city, whatever you. Yeah, uh, but I also love and, that and, it. Just basically, it's like. It, especially out of context in that clip, it sounds like they're translating from English to English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's that is true. They do this thing. They did it in the World of Warcraft movie, where where when you see the orcs, they they speak in English. Then we see the humans. They speak in English. But then when when they come together, you they sort of mix it up. So you kind of they try to communicate that they're they're uh, speaking in two different languages but yeah. you know just doing just it's movie language it kind of works in this in the context of the movie out of context yeah it is unintentional comedy yeah <laughs> um you know um good scene though I, and and uh, yeah that's one of the things um like because there are there are things in the movie where they're trying to make it uh more realistic than the average sci-fi but then you get like the cyclos are very human they're just they're just above more villainous than the average human yeah, they're more like they're more cunning and and uh, backstabby than than humans, but they're but they're essentially the same, just bigger and speak a different language, and and have like their heads are clearly inspired. But they really by don't. The I mean, they do speak a different language, but they really don't 
really speak a different language. You know, does that oh make yeah, sense? yeah. No, the, the funny thing is, the funny thing is that uh, I mean, so they they attach, they they sort of hook up Barry Pepper to a machine that like shoots projections into his eyes, and it's like teaching him, uh, it's teaching him their language, and uh, oh and right, so, yeah, yeah. You know, obviously, obviously, um, it's showing that. Uh, I mean, it's one of those things you just have to accept that that uh, the vocal cords of humans and of cyclos are compatible. They can both speak the same languages. Right. You know, where if you listen to like like Arnold Schwarzenegger spoke English like most of his life and, and he still like he still talked like he had a speech impediment because, you know, your vocal cords, uh, they develop for a certain language. They, they, they sort of specialize in a certain language and then you, mm -hmm. you learn another language. It's hard to speak it. But you know that's not a that's not a factor in Battlefield Earth. True. Yeah, and and so uh, the, the one of the scenes where uh, John Travolta and Forrest so Forrest Whitaker is trying to one up John Travolta and get some leverage over him that he like recorded John Travolta plotting and he's like threatening to turn him in, and then uh, and and uh, so Forrest Whitaker has hidden a tape of John Travolta uh, plotting or something, and and. Uh, and he's saying that, oh, if you kill me, I've left it with someone. If you kill the, if you kill me, they'll 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 release it and expose you. So so John Travolta is like, uh, he's uh, speculating about, oh, who who might it be? Who might you have left it with? Uh, can you can you uh, play the play the clip? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could be anybody on this damn planet. It could be a mechanic. No. It could be a concubine. No, 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 no. It could be anybody in the communications office. Wrong. <laughs> I hate these things. I, I feel like. Like it's a test that I'm not prepared for. What the hell? It could even be your friendly bartender. <laughs> yes. Yes. The he, music he pulls out. <laughs> yeah. He pulls out the head of the bartender from the scene earlier, where where he you know it's the I'm not your friend. Yeah. Like this bartender just can't catch a break. <laughs> yeah. He's you know he's he's the Charlie Brown of this story, <laughs> except you know if, if if Charlie Brown ended up decapitated, right? Just to set an example, um, yeah. And Forrest Whitaker <laughs> just plays the scene amazingly because he the whole no 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 <laughs> no 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 yeah. And and then yeah and then after this John Travolta like pulls out his gun. I, this is a scene I totally forgot happened until I sort of refreshed on it a while ago. Uh, John Travolta shoots off one of Forrest Whitaker's hands, and it, it yep. looks weird because there's no blood. Because I guess they had to, they had to, probably had to tone it down for the PG-13 rating. And so it, you, it's like, what did he just shoot off his hand? What just happened? Because <laughs> it, it looks like his hand just kind of disappears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that um, was, there was a couple spots like that where I was like, what? Yeah. So the humans hatch a plan, and uh, I don't have any clips for this, but the humans hatch a plan, uh, and, and it involves using uh, thousand-year-old uh, Hawker Harrier jets and, and, like, going into, like, uh, these uh, simulation machines to, to mm -hmm. learn how to fly these jets. Which really and should not the have most, be still yeah, working after a thousand like, years. Yeah, none of this should have worked. And this is the dumbest thing, probably the dumbest thing in the movie. Yeah. Uh, it's just, yeah. And so this, the, and the plan just kind of goes off completely without a hitch. Yeah. Uh, they defeat, they, and this is a part where I don't even remember them making this plan, but sending a guy 
to the Cyclos planet through the teleporter, which is something they'd never seem to talk about. The, tel the teleport, you see the teleporter being used earlier in the movie, but it's something you would just forget about because it's like the scene after the, the uh, they have the boardroom meeting and then the higher-ups of the, the corporation, they go to the teleporter and go back to Cyclos and then it cuts right back to a scene on on a bar on Earth. So you just forget that the teleporter thing even happened because right. it doesn't it doesn't have any meaning in the context of the movie other than just to set up the fact that a teleporter exists. Yes. But you don't remember that because because you know nothing happens on planet Cyclo. They just go cut straight back to planet Earth where with John Travolta complaining about you know being stuck on Earth for fifty more cycles with endless options for renewal with endless options for renewal. <laughs> endless options. <laughs> and. For renewal. Uh, yeah. And... Yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so they send they send a human the the humans send one of the humans over in the teleporter with a bomb. I guess it was probably a mistake that he ended up. They probably didn't. Int I I don't know. I'm gonna assume because I I can't I can't remember specifically if they intended in the first place to have someone you know basically suicide bomb a planet cyclo. Or if that was just the plan from the beginning, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so they, they they use this bomb that I guess sets off a chain reaction in their atmosphere that blows up the entire uh, planet, the the entire surface of planet Cyclo, which is like, if if that could happen, like I wonder, like imagine if if there was something that could do that to Earth, like if there was some some chemical reaction that could happen on Earth's atmosphere that would just blow up the entire atmosphere. <laughs> Uh, I'm, like, uh, I'm sure it, there's something that could do that. Like if if somebody worked yeah. hard enough to make it, it's like the uh, Doctor Strange love the Doomsday device or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I haven't actually watched that, so I need to get on that sometime. Oh, you haven't? Oh, that's a classic Kubrick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's with, uh, Peter Sellers. <laughs> the, the Doomsday device is the ultimate deterrent because. It, no one will attack you if they know it will destroy the entire world. But it only works when you tell people you have it. Why did you keep it a secret? <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. The Russians built yeah. this doomsday device to deter anyone from attacking because if they attack the Russians, it'll blow up the whole world. But then, like, yeah. <laughs> they forgot to tell anyone yeah. that they, they classify it as a top secret doomsday deterrent device. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, uh yeah right so side. yeah they blow up this dome yeah so yeah that's that's it like they oh yeah um uh john travolta it's is eventually defeated he's locked up in the in like fort knox or something where there's it's not fort knox it's probably not fort knox it's probably where the aliens are storing their gold uh and so yeah so uh yeah forrest whitaker is working with the humans like he's made a deal with them to sort of be i guess be their sort of in between for between humans and aliens and yeah you can play the clip look at the bright side you may not be wallowing in luxury on cyclo but at least you finally got your goal <laughs> <laughs> I just I, had I to, love the laugh, had to, dude. The laugh is so good. Yeah, keep in all those laughs. And and uh, one of the reasons why I like the clip is just for a moment I thought he said my Twitter username Wallowim, which is also a, a character in a story I'm writing. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just love that word. And so yeah, the, the I think the movie ends there with uh, 
sh uh, pan zoom out of this warehouse filled with all this gold and John Travolta is sitting in a cage and he, he like tries to reach for the gold just, you know, just for some consolation. He just wants to touch it, you know, right. just, just to comfort him. Uh, but he can't, he can't reach it, which is sad, you know. <laughs> He didn't. He didn't deserve that. I know. And, Even Smog gets to lay on that on that pile of gold treasure. Yeah, and I can't remember if there's anything after that. But I think yeah, that's so pretty much the movie it. ends there. This then the sequel never got made. Of course, it's so sad. <laughs> if see if Tom Cruise was in the sequel, then I'd be I'd watch it. Yeah. Um. So I'm giving Battlefield Earth of a four out of ten. Uh. Just. It, it, it because it gets that extra two points up maybe a 4.5 it gets that frogs was a two but this is like it gets an extra couple bonus points just because of a couple cool scenes in the movie and just the goofiness factor i can't give it a yeah. five i i can't bring myself to go as high as a five but it's it's a four 4.5 yeah yeah like i can't like if the if the movie if the movie's plot is this broken then then uh i can't give it a, even a mediocre rating a five out of ten uh, but you know, it's just so it's so like um, unconventional. It's just it's fun. It's it's kind of memorable. I think. I think it is a memorable movie. I think that's fair. What was your, what was your rating on it then? Uh, like subjectively, six point five seven. Whoa, whoa! I mean, su All subje right. No, su subjectively means my enjoyment of the movie, not right, the, right. not the quality of the not film. like a uh, not as a film critic, yeah. but as like how much you yeah, enjoyed like, it. Like, like I mean, it's a movie that I could like while I'm while I'm cleaning while I'm working on something. I could put it on as background noise. I love movies that I can put on as background noise. Then what do you got objectively on it? Yeah, like same as you, four, three and a half maybe. Yeah. Like is I like I like you know a lot of this some of the, some of the special effects are pretty still pretty cool. Uh, some of the, so some moments that I like you know. Uh, just the the I think the premise, not the plot of the movie, like the the how the humans rise up against the aliens, but the premise of the movie is good. Like like you can make a good story based off of that. I think my biggest complaint, well, there's a handful of them, but my biggest complaint is has got to be just how this uh, the cyclos look. Oh yeah, yeah. They just look. And you can tell it takes you out of the movie. Like they 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 I think it's like the so i think in the in the in the book uh they were more like uh they were all they were completely covered in hair and i can't uh i think you see one of them on the on the main the cover for the paperback if you look that up but uh yeah very different from the movie i think they, they wanted to make it like uh sort of like you know how they 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 have these uh they almost have dreads but they also their heads are also shaped like they have that long mm -hmm. head. That's that's in, in, it's definitely inspired by the xenomorph and alien. A lot of things were in, were uh, influenced by that. Like uh, the villain, um, evil genius, and Time Bandits, who's one of my favorite uh, movie villains. Time Bandits is good. I just rewatched that recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think also if you cover them in hair, uh, then you like it gets rid of the star factor of even bothering to have Forrest yeah. Whitaker and, yeah. and Travolta in the movie because you yeah. wouldn't be able to tell it to them. But, yeah, uh, and the, the oh yeah, the, the the worst part though is John Travolta's goatee, because I had a piano teacher that had that exact facial hair, and it just reminds me of of like huh. a piano teacher, a piano teacher I, I didn't even like. <laughs> okay, well that's like it's that, just so, that, you know, that to your it's just like such brain. a, it's no no it's it's just like because it's just such a an average thing you see like his his facial hair, except for those he has like these two little like braids that come off of um, beneath his chin. 
but then he but his facial like but it's detached from his his like goatee his mustache and goatee thing it's like very a very average boring right. kind of facial hair well that that uh that wraps up the bad movies um yeah we got wild card movies now and yeah honestly are you cool with taking like a 10 minute break or so Oh uh, yeah, we're going a little longer than I expected. Yeah, I, I, I need to eat something real quick because I am hungry. All right, yeah, uh, I might have to run off and and uh, do something real quick, and then I'll be right back. <laughs> 